0: Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
1: You know, when they called me this afternoon and told me that Ian was going to be off, my first thought was, oh my God, what the hell are we going to talk about tonight? Actually, that's usually my thought um, most days. But I thought, uh, oh, we could do one of those things where, um, I don't know, we... um, surprise everyone by uh, doing something outrageous like I was thinking actually about buying a big family pack of crisps and just watching the telly with you all night and we could still do that if you want, let's see how it goes but then as I was driving in um, I was really bored by the radio and I flicked around and um, I ended up turning it off and in the silence a deep thought happened, I know, to me a deep thought happened and the thought was who's pulling our, who's pulling our strings who's pulling your strings right or what when I was a kid I used to believe because I'd been sent to Sunday school that there was a plan right and that um, everyone was fulfilling some sort of destiny and there was a nice old man in the sky with a big beard who had a plan for everyone and you shouldn't worry about it and we were all going in the right direction as long as we trusted in it right faith I guess is what it's called and I know a lot of people still believe in that and I've got a really good friend who always said to me moments where I sort of faltered about things or got despondent because things weren't working out the way I wanted them to, my mate would always say, do you know what? There's no plan B. You're going where you're supposed to be going. And he was sure of that because he had faith. But I don't. I don't. And I've got to say that the more I live, the more I think that um, stuff happens to you and it's about how you deal with it. And sure, it can make you a certain way, one way or the other, the way you deal with it. It can shape you you can see it as a strength I think that's probably the only point going through bad stuff actually, if you can take something from it, you should but I also get why PP makes people give up so what I'm saying is, I suppose, and this is sounding awful like a midlife crisis, isn't it but I'm probably not even near midlife yet because my grandma lived into her 90s, that's the scary thing What I'm saying is, do you believe in destiny? Do you believe that someone else has got a plan or something else has got a plan and you're going in that direction no matter what you do? And, you know, we can spend our time trying to stack the odds, but actually we're going in a certain direction. Or do you think it's all about chance? I've got to say, I think I've been happier in my life since I stopped trying to steer the ship completely. You know, I... Now I've got kids. I'm not even in charge of the telly remote, never mind my own life. So it's that's kind of made me let go a little bit and realize you just got to you just got to go with the flow sometimes. And I've got to say as well that having met Ian at three counties where I was working BBC three counties working there for like 15, 16 years and kind of really kind of trying to shape a career and seemed like there was a direction and then things would get set back and I'd feel disappointed and I'd sort of try and talk myself around and think of okay I'm doing this job that I don't really want to do at the moment but is there a way I can do it so it will entertain me or I'll feel like I'm learning something from it you know I was trying to to be a battler right when I met Ian he kind of made me realize that that I should say yes to more stuff that I didn't feel massively prepared for and sometimes it's not about having done all your homework and had it double checked and triple checked by someone else and get their approval sometimes it's just about seeing the opportunity and saying yes to stuff and then working out how you're going to do it so i don't know what i'm saying i I kind of want to pick your brains tonight about your life and where it's taken you and whether you believe that there's always been a plan and whether i don't believe you've ended up where you thought you'd end up i don't believe it and you know are you with the person you thought you'd end up with have you thought about what would happen if you hadn't met them at that particular time? Would you be married to the person you're married to if you hadn't met them in those kind of, I I don't know, baby-making years when the the natural imperative kicks in? Do you look back on it and regret it, anything in your life? Or do you think, no, it took me to a certain place? Give us a shout. I'd really love to hear from you. 0344 499 1000. And I know that sounds quite heavy. It sounds like the end of the night in the pub when really we're just at the beginning of the night in the pub. But... And we can watch the telly and eat crisps if you want. But I'm just wondering whether you believe in destiny or do you think it's about chance? And what makes you happier? Thinking someone's got a plan for you or something has got a plan for you and there is a certain way you're going and it's going to be cool. Or accepting that you don't and just going along with the ride. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can tweet at Talk Radio or at Flipping Cath—that's me um, with no G, Flipping Cath with a K. I'll work it out. You'll be fine. Uh, or you can text Talk and your message to eight seven two two two, and that will cost you twenty five p per message on stop, on top of your standard network rate. Here's Angela. Hey Angela. Oh, oh hello Catherine. Hey. nice to hear your voice.
2: How uh, uh, you, mate? Um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but um, I've got a bit of sad news. Oh, what's happened, Angela? And you know one of my relatives that I was telling you about.
1: Yeah, she said he got two weeks left. Oh
2: God.
1: Oh man, I'm really sorry. Have you only just found out about that?
2: Yeah, today we just we both had a bit of crisis. My nan, mm. But they thought this man bit our man is for nineteen years. <laughs> mm. She knows we've been because she said to me. She said, because I've held down a few times, I said, I know it's you, sweetie. I said, I'll be looking after you. Mm.
1: Oh, Angela, I'm really you're... sorry. Mm. Sometimes life is just crappy, isn't it?
2: <laughs> well, but, well, it's not fair if we've lost him, and at least there's
1: none. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? You know what you're dealing with now, don't you? You've got two weeks mm-hmm. of having this person, and you get to... I don't know how aware they are of stuff, but you get to um, tell them what they mean to you.
2: Yeah, she does know. She does. She know. knows. <laughs> She's at home because she wanted to stay at home. Yeah. Um, the but million people are lovely, aren't they? They do a good job.
3: Yeah.
1: Who? Who? Yeah. Who's she? Is she? Is it Macmillan looking after her?
2: Yeah, she wanted to uh, stay at home. Um, that's what she wanted to do. Like no, she wanted to die at home and. Um, she 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 knows she's going. Yeah. Um, but she says to me, "I'm not stupid, you know. I can hear everything."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. People people start talking over him, don't they? Yeah, because she she because I,
2: cause I cause she they they tend to talk to me because of my caring nature. I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I I just thought, oh, and I have done a. I said to David, "Right, that's it. I'm doing a challenge for my, me." youtube and i felt a little bit better after
1: that did you yeah so you're someone you you believe that there's all there's a reason for everything and the tarot cards yeah. can tell you things you know
2: um not really then it's a bit of fun for me but i know that, like there's like um what can i say like this the destiny isn't no um i feel like i've had a rough life uh, i missed a minute but then I feel like, well, why have I had this rough life? Have I done something wrong? No. Password. You know that. You know that you
1: haven't done anything wrong, Angela. It just feels like it. No. No. For some reason, some people have it tougher than other people. But you know, I don't know you very well. We've only sort of spoken on the radio, haven't we? But I know that you're a lovely, caring person. And whatever's happened to you, you've not let it. You've not oh. let it beat you. That's amazing, Angela. You're I don't amazing.
2: Know that i got a few box of certificates and I, I couldn't get anywhere from, like, what I wanted to do. Mm. I mean, I wanted to be an engineer, but I got that cut short. Yeah.
1: What happened What happened to head, cut that short, Angela? I had a head injury. so said I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah.
2: But it, it comes with the, the, the... Well, my engineering, I do argue a lot with it because... Um, but when I discuss things with engineering I get frustrated with people I said, I've got to do it this way
1: <laughs> you know what engineers are like Yeah. Do you find that you bring some of the things that you would have done in a job into your life you know, are you handy around the house?
2: Yeah, oh yeah yeah, oh very because I, I tend to think like my dad because he's an engineer and uh, I feel like, I feel like sometimes I feel like a failure because uh, I feel like that my dad was brilliant
1: and my mum was. You're not a failure, Angela. Not at all. It's just sometimes life takes you in a direction you weren't counting on. I know,
2: but I did like regular work myself. But it's just like when when something takes over, mm. like a simple hit.
1: And into it, very clean. It just works your life out. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of you're in a position to be able to. T- I mean, I've had a few things happen. Nothing compared to what's happened to you, Angela. But I mean, we're not comparing. Or it's not top trumps. But I know enough about life now to know you can't really count on anything. And, mm. and you've got to deal with what you what you've got rather than what you do, you don't got.
2: Yeah, I must admit, I do. I do a job as YouTube channel because I remember the conversation I had with James Whale. He said, "I oh, will find something that I'll enjoy." Yeah, and 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 he was right. He said, "One of these days, it's going to make you money and write <laughs> you thinking." Yeah, but is success about having money? Because I don't think it is. No, it's not. It's about being happy, isn't it? Well, it's about having enough yeah. food and stuff. And but I do go out.
1: I've been being looked after. You know, a lot of people would be jealous of you because of your relationship you got with your partner.
2: Yeah, they are jealous of me and my partner. Yeah, I've just... been together nineteen years. God, that's so special. Isn't it? You're really lucky. Because me, my mum and dad, we look at my mum and dad's relationship. They've been together. They just like that one, <laughs> and it really looked up on their relationship. You, you make things work. You don't run away on the second hurdle.
1: Yeah, but some people do try, and it still doesn't work out. Yeah, I think. Do you think you were meant to find that person, or do you think it's chance? I
2: think I, I, I said to my mum, my auntie, I said, Look, "I'll find someone at 41 and I was right. <laughs> wow, you what? You new to the? You new to the age? Yeah, I said I'll meet because so, I travelled all over the world on my own, so. Um, I've travelled you like up on my own. Is that before? Um, is it? Is that before you had the head injury? A bit uh, after my head injury, yeah, because I wanted to just do that thing on my own, yeah, like just find myself. And I've been on a cruise the whole lot. Wow! Uh, and it is an exciting world over
1: there, out there. It is, and I think you also. Learn, I've only travelled a little bit, but on my own. But you kind of realise that you can, you can make a life for yourself. Wherever mm. wherever you go, really, it's just about you know, uh, you know when you when you're not with someone else. I mean, you're not got children. The world is your oyster, right? And I remember my dad saying that to me when I was, you know, in my teens and in my early twenties. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you look mm. back and you've got you know I've got bills to pay and I've got kids to raise and it's not all about me. Oh God, that, wow, that freedom, that freedom. I didn't realise what I had.
2: Mm. Yeah, taste is freedom, isn't it? But if we could get a chance to go to Switzerland, I'd, I'd, find If I did win a bit of money, I'd probably retire
1: in Switzerland. (laughs) Very nice. Expensive there, isn't
2: it? Yeah, but um, health-wise is pretty good out there. The air is different to here. But I don't know now, but but
1: anyone can clarify it. But I recommend Switzerland. Could still happen, Angela. You never know. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm I'm really sorry to hear about your friend, but she's lucky to have you. I know, but why, why why is
2: it like... You get tested every five minutes. Hmm. It's frustrating. You feel like thinking, but why me? Go, go away late. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought, Without oh, the gift? Yeah, but I'm making the most of it now. I'm just helping other people with it. But then, then
1: just things just keep coming and coming at you. But I question why. Yeah. I, I wish I could tell you why. You deserve hmm. a break at some point, Angela. A nice one. Right. Oh, I wish. <laughs> listen it's really nice to hear from you and I right. thanks for the this thing, Catherine oh, you can ring any time you know that don't you yeah, yeah you enjoy that <laughs> take care of yourself Angela Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. if you want to give us a ring I mean talk about what you want here's George hey George
4: hi Catherine
1: hey what's going on with you uh,
4: life <laughs> life goes on we keep breathing and and uh, as you know I'm, I'm totally convinced that uh everything is written and fated and and we all share a great destiny at the end of everything but uh choice to me is a a, a total illusion and, and and you asked at the beginning who's pulling our strings i i believe that each and every one of us has a a soulmate on the other side who who directs us to play whatever part we're playing in this, as I see it, sort of black comedy mystery play. And and uh, but I, I'm really optimistic for uh, everybody. I I hold, hold our creator, the creator of creators, to to be. Uh, a joker and 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 uh, but also a, a quester because it, it, if you think there is a supreme being then that supreme being can only remember being it can't remember not being so so it, it too has to wonder if, if something higher created it and uh, so possibly it has to be as. Devious and diabolical as it can be to try and get some sort of reaction from something higher, to just just, just to wonder, uh, as as I say, he, he, even the highest being doesn't know where it came from.
1: Right? Do you think? I guess. Right. If if you're right, and and who whatever is pulling the strings. Um, also likes to throw obstacles in our way it's not just purely benevolent then that's why you can't just sit back and let life happen to you
4: why can't you sit back and let life happen
1: well because he's testing you he's seen your reactions otherwise it's just oh i'll I'll just i'll wait for it to sort itself out
4: yes but i'm saying we're we're not responsible for our, our actions and and yeah, but you've Bible, always got. A, the, the, you, the Bible tells us that in certain places. Yeah, and,
1: but it also tells us to trust and to you know to not ask for too much because it will all be uh, it'll all be delivered and stuff. So it's finding the happy medium, isn't it?
5: Because
1: uh, you've always got a project on, right? And if you thought that you were there to fulfil some sort of destiny, surely all you have to do is be.
4: Destiny is beyond this life. To me, is what lies beyond this life. This life is all about fate and 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 things being made to balance that we've forgotten all about from past lifetimes that we have no 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 memory of and, and uh yeah to me it's uh, Shakespeare i mean he he his greatest insight that he was given when when he says uh all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players they have their exits and their entrances and one man in his time plays many parts his acts being seven ages and and then Shakespeare sort of goes off and rambles into something and misses the point of of the inspiration he was given in. But
1: you're criticising Shakespeare?
4: I'm not criticising him. You're saying saying
1: he went off on one?
4: Now I say he would have been That's hilarious given, he would have been given that thought and then tried to explain that thought to himself and and rambles off and misses the point because as I see it, the one man in his time who plays many parts in this play starts off as playing the part as the serpent in the garden of Eden and And plays other parts leading up to playing the part of uh, of of Jesus, but these are all mythical figures that who uh, appear in this story that that, that we we are all involved in and and uh, it there's great truths that lie behind the many myths that exist. and to me or, All the Bible stories are are mythical stories and mythical characters that have deeper meanings to them. And this time, exactly this time, 42 years ago, I I was made to believe that I was in telepathic communication with a friend of mine who died a few years earlier. And over a four-month period, he, he guided me to read the Bible and to, to uh, understand what the Bible was telling us because it, it is a, a, a play that has seven acts in it and we're, we're living towards the end of, of the sixth act of that seven act play I've I've been made to suppose hmm. it's deep <laughs> it's uh But I'm saying, what what I was given to understand 42 years ago, I I spent nearly six years trying to write a book to tell the story and never finished the book. And
1: And why do you think that happened?
4: Because it was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. Everything has its time.
1: So what was the point in starting the book?
4: What well, I didn't know at the time that I wasn't going to finish it. It, it. Yeah,
1: but they meant you to start the book. Obviously, if everything's meant to happen, you were meant to start the book, and you were yeah, meant to not saying,
4: finish it. I'm saying, I, in my mind, our creator is a joker, and 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 uh, if you, if you read certain stories in in the Bible that in, in, involves the prophets, uh, such as the prophet Jonah. You do, do you know the story of Jonah uh, uh, and the whale? Yeah. And he, he do you know what? How well do you know the story?
1: Well, probably not as well as you, because you're about to give me a lecture. I'm feeling.
4: No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to lecture. I'm, I'm just here to share an insight. Cool. And, and he, he he was told to go to Nineveh and prophesy to the people that they were going to be be destroyed, and he didn't. He didn't fancy doing that. And and and. Uh, so, so he he ran away to sea and 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 uh, and the sea got very rough and and he explained to the people on the boat who who he was and and this was God making this the sea rough and and uh, he, he he jumps overboard and gets swallowed by a whale and supposedly lives in the whale's belly for three and a half days.
1: Yeah, which is clearly bollocks, right?
4: yeah and 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 then he goes to Nineveh and he and he, he prophesies that they're going to be destroyed and and then uh they're not destroyed and, and and uh and he he is made a fool of essentially and 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 uh and the they're, the they're, the they're, there are three powers involved in, in, in Old Testament scripture. It talks about God, the Lord, God, and the Lord. And, and that's, that's a trinity in its own right. And in the Jonah story, they, they all played games with him. And, and uh, I, 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 I call myself an apprentice prophet, but, but uh, certainly something out there has, has enjoyed playing uh the game that's been played with me over the years and and uh but i i, I will share i will i will share in in, in the near future w- w- what i was given to share in in in, in that four-month experience and well,
1: you've been trying to share it and you have been sharing it on this show for about a year so no one can say you're not trying george
4: No, I'm trying, but it needs to get into print. And and, uh, hopefully, just a couple of nights ago, I I had a a nice sort of synchronistic meeting with a a gentleman called John Lloyd. Do do, do you know John Lloyd at all? He's the producer of QI and was the producer of... um, Lots of TV shows, and he he, he 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 really loved my old friend and neighbour Peter Cook, yeah. and, and we we had never met before, but but uh, he he thinks very much on the lines that I think, so so I'm hoping to persuade him to do a book called. Peter, me and Rainbow George and, and uh, if, if he does then I'll get to share what I was given to share in, in, in print one way or another.
1: Okay George I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much for phoning. All the best. Good luck. Cheers. No one can say the guy hasn't got a mission. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a call. You can talk about this, you can talk about something completely different. I will leave it to whoever's pulling your strings.
0: The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. you never know just where the conversation will take the- on Talk Radio. Oh, 0344
1: 499 four, nine, We're talking about destiny versus chance. You know, which, which one do you think is most applicable to your life? Are you where you think you are supposed to be? Or do you think, you know what, the sooner you disabuse yourself of the notion that there is a plan for you and just go with the flow, you'll, the happier you'll be. I'm trying to... I'm trying to find a happy medium between the two. But you know what? The more I live, the more I think, you know, i'm just going to look for the opportunities and try not to stress the rest um the text number is uh 87222 and thanks to everyone who's done that you need to put talk at the beginning of your text message uh, and then i'll get it um and also you can tweet either at flipping cath or at talk radio or both i mean it do not cost you anything you might as well go for it um we've got one from billy he says "Kath is either a very good agony aunt or a great rambler Ian Lee would have slaughtered anyone proclaiming to be a prophet. Can I call in, says Billy. Yes, you can call in. Everyone can call in. Can you stop asking for permission to call in? It's my, I'm actively encouraging you to do so. Uh, And no, he wouldn't have slaughtered um, Rainbow George because we've spoken to him loads. Um, We also got lots of love. Angela, if you're still listening, lots of love for you. Uh, Bless you, Angela. I wish you nothing but love and happiness from now on. Uh, lots of people feeling for you at the moment so we're all thinking of you if you want to give us a ring oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand so far no ken from newcastle but i was kind of hoping that would be the case because we all know what he's going to say before he says it hi zach hi hey what's going on with you zach pretty good oh you don't sound
6: good Oh, I'm just
1: I'm just a teenager, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember what it was like, very distantly.
6: It's not the best, ups and downs.
1: Yeah, but you're riding it, riding the waves. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: yeah, mixed emotions. Ah,
1: well, at least you can recognise that's what it is. I remember yeah, spending yeah. a lot of my teenage years being furious and not quite knowing why.
6: Yeah, but... Girl teenagers compared to boy teenagers is a bit, bit different. Do you think? Yeah, especially if you think about the school side of it and being in school with both types of teenagers, it's just a bit odd.
1: Yeah, I guess. You're you're away at school, aren't you, at the moment? Well, no, I've moved. So. All right. So, so you so at home? Yeah. All right. Cool. Are you Are you happy about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on then, Zach, what did you ring me for?
6: Well, I wanted to talk about um, how um, radio is a really good way of kind of just showing people and kind of talking about everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just that was a bit random. I don't know.
1: Yeah, okay, I get it. You sound really... Um, it's, your line is really kind of rattly and stuff. Have you got a headset on or something?
6: No, my phone's just crap.
1: All right, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. So, well, I mean, I, I guess know. you're the sort of teenager I was in that you um, listen to the radio at night when it gets quiet. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, because it's something to
1: do. Yeah. Well, you think it's something to do. We've been talking a lot yeah. about sort of destiny and, and how um, things make sense later on in your life but when i was a kid i, I was kind of a, a bit of a worrier as a teenager and night times are the worst for that aren't they so i used to listen well, to the radio I'm and
6: down, uh, just downloaded uh, a counseling app uh-huh.
1: I I oh good well, that'd be good it's, it's something isn't it something to try yeah, 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 yeah. But i used to listen to the radio and it'd be people like uh tommy boyd and james whale and at the time i thought i was just sort of entertaining myself and sort of taking myself out of my mind in a a healthier way than the other ways of taking yourself out of your own mind
6: but I didn't yeah, realise yeah, yeah. that
1: years later I'd end up working with them weird isn't it how things turn out
6: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you well, never it's know good the school having its own radio station I think it's a brilliant idea for students
1: mm-hmm.
6: especially if you're shy or whatever
1: yeah yeah are you going to have a go well, then are you, have you got your own show yet or is that something you're yeah I
6: from? used to I used to I've ne- left that school now but that was quite a good like, quite a good thing
1: yeah I bet, especially if you're living yeah.
6: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only walking five seconds at the door hmm. to get to school.
1: Yeah, but it also means that you're never away from it, don't it? So if you've got problems at school
6: Yeah, the problem is I didn't get along with people in school. Yeah. But I also then lived with them. So... Exactly.
1: So there's no escape.
6: There's no there's no there's no escape.
1: So how's it going all now? Right. How's it going now? Uh since all right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. here's a little tip for you, Zach because, you know, life can be very tough when you're a kid, when you're a teenager claim the small yeah. victories right? You might not have everything exactly how you want it, but you'll have done things today that you didn't think you were able to do, like, you know, going and talking to someone new, or you know, ringing up a radio station you know how many grown-ups there are? Grown-ups how many adults there are that wouldn't dare do what you're doing now? Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, I get it well, I did uh, St. John's ambulance yesterday Sorry, tell me again. I did St John's Ambulance Cadets.
1: Oh, did you? Yeah. Blimey. How did that go?
6: Yeah, all right. It's good.
1: Well, that's something. Yeah,
6: well, I'm going to end now because I bet there's a lot more people that are going to call in and they should do. <laughs>
1: Bless you, Jack. You take care of yourself, Zach, and we'll speak again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hiya, Craig. Hi. Hey, thanks for ringing.
5: Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Good. So, um, I've been slaving away in the kitchen, doing my best impersonation of Paul Hollywood. <laughs> Getting some cupcakes ready for the preschool bake sale tomorrow. Wow. I've been roped into. And um had you guys on in the background. It's all been a little bit a little bit heavy, shall we say. A bit. It's slightly heavy. So, uh, I thought I'd lighten the mood slightly by, by pondering some stupid questions. Go on, then. Things like, would the Ace of Spades have been such a hit if it was the Seven of Diamonds or the Three of Clubs?
1: Uh, yeah. Diamond's probably a bit harder to scan.
5: It is, isn't it? So, you know, it just. <laughs> just it, it's been puzzling me for a while, that one.
1: Okay. <laughs> How long have you been in there making those cupcakes?
5: Oh, a couple of hours. <laughs> I'm getting mental.
1: I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, Earlier this week, I had to make. Uh, have you ever heard of a fat unicorn cake?
5: i have not heard of it, oh no. my god
1: right google them i a friend of mine told me about them and and that's what sort of spawned mine basically it's really easy all you have to do is make a proper cake and just a pl- quite plain and you ice it and then you take a great big chunk out of it and then you can either buy or i made one out of um fondant icing a unicorn that looks like it's eaten all the cake so it's sort of lying there all like bloated and I put like little crumbs around its face and stuff that's what I made and it took me ages and when I came out blinking into the sunlight after about six hours of this cake you know you've been looking at it too long and you think this has all gone wrong yeah it does something to your mind doesn't it
5: it does I've just made a batch of butterfly cupcakes
1: wow
5: so I've got a, um, a green frosting for the grass um, a Malteser for a head some Smarties for a body hey and, Um Jatties, you know, the, the chocolate buttons with 100,000 on for wings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow.
5: So, hopefully the kids will go mental for them because the preschool is struggling for money. So
1: Wow, Craig, you are not playing games. That sounds amazing.
5: Well, hopefully they taste as good as they look. It's kind of a bit competitive, though. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the the preschool and the school bake are, yeah, fundraisers. Yeah. It really is, a, especially we live quite rurally, so all the. Um, the, the Chelsea tractor-driving <laughs> mums that, that don't work will yeah. all rock up with their, their finest attempts. yeah And um, it's kind of fun just, you know, seeing if you can't knock them off their perch a little. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, say cool. you, you say they're competitive. You're the one that's put, like, grass down and, and done what sounds like a really great, uh, incredible job.
5: <laughs> well, I, I just Googled... Um, Make, you know, great cupcakes for kids. Yeah, and it, I saw it as a, a YouTube tutorial.
1: Oh God, I've um, learned so much from YouTube. It's is brilliant, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean they they put a peanut M M&M and M as a head, which obviously you can't use for a school because no. you can't have peanuts anywhere. It's like Russian roulette. <coughs> exactly. They even went to the extent of using little um, licorice sticks for antennas. But I, I'm not messing around with that.
1: Maniacs. Plus, kids hate licorice anyway.
5: I have well, got strawberry laces Beautiful. instead of more licorice, but I'll just eat them. I can't be dealing with doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it comes a point where you go, yeah, it's a great idea in that, but these are just going to end up inside a child. What's the point?
5: Exactly. <laughs> if they don't fall off on transit. so
1: Well, you've done a good job, Craig.
5: Well, hopefully I've I've done an equally good job as uh, lightening the mood slightly.
1: You have. You've made me think about cake, though, so thanks very much for that, mate. That's,
5: that's, that's <laughs> never a bad thing.
1: No, Yeah, it's quite true.
5: Thanks. It's, it's always cake to somewhere.
1: <laughs> of course it is. Take care of yourself, Craig. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And um, thanks for all the nice things that people are saying on online. Um, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. We're going to talk in a minute. We've been talking a bit about kind. Of, and please don't think there is a plan into which you do not fit. Right? You can still ring up about whatever you want. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And um, we're going to talk in a minute to a woman who got divorced and had well about as big a change of life as, as I've ever heard of. I'm going to tell you, she, she became a dominatrix. So we're going to talk to Sherry in a bit. I also want to talk to you. Right, crossroads in your life. Do you think that you were supposed to end up somewhere that you haven't ended up? Do you think that you're exactly where you're supposed to be? Have you realized that actually life is about kind of riding the waves and the more you accept that, the happier you'll be? You know, Do you think there's such a thing as a plan for you? 0344 499 give us a call. I'd love to hear from you.
0: The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio.
1: So, you know, is life about um, following your destiny? Is it always going to end up one way? Something or someone has got a plan for you? Or is it just a series of events and you end up where you end up and you deal with it the best way you can? Well, I'd be really interested in hearing what you've got to say on that Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. But as I was reading the papers online uh, this evening, I happened across the story of someone I've been lucky enough to get on the phone. Her name is Sherry Lever. And well, I'll tell you what, I'll let her tell her, her own story because Sherry, you're writing a book about it, aren't you? Uh, yes i am yes thank
7: uh, you so- i'm on the last chapter now oh, so. wow.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight your story grabbed me for obvious reasons and well, you know i, I just nice. wondered so you well i'll tell you what you tell the story so you you're basically it starts when your marriage end, ends doesn't it okay yeah well uh it ended um very acrimoniously he left me
7: with absolutely nothing and um practically destitute. I I thought I was going to lose the house. And I just was on the verge of being made redundant. So I was desperate to find a job. Well, I was 59. And obviously, you can imagine, there aren't many jobs going for 59 year olds. So I was uh, just browsing through the channels one night, and I came across a documentary on phone sex. So, I thought, hmm, I'm sure I could give that a go." Mm-hmm. I spoke to my children and asked how they felt about it, and they were very supportive. So I started doing it not very successfully at first, but then I kind of got the hang of it so much so that uh, one day my daughter I was telling her about a call, and she actually said, "You should be writing it down." so I started a blog oh, wow. which, um, was quite successful because it's very humorous and I like to think a lot of what I do is actually humorous um, but I also found that a lot of um, calls they were uh, they were wanting domin- domination right. and um, so it kind of went from there really people kept asking if they could come and book sessions they thought I was a real dom and I thought I don't know I'm being one why don't I just be one so um, I started slowly. I worked my way up and um, to where I am now. And I actually am very good. I love what I do and um, I don't I don't have to claim any benefits. Um, uh, I I just
1: I'm happy. I'm happier than I've ever been. And life begins at 60. Wow. Wow. So take me back to the moment where you thought I'm going to have a crack at this phone sex thing. Can you remember the first call?
7: I do, well or virtually, um, very vaguely because I'd had about a bottle and a half of wine <laughs> it, it, was, it was going to be a glass but yeah. unfortunately my nerves got the better of me. I can
1: see how that can happen and, uh,
7: So the first the first um, call I was a, lot, a bit slurred so I think he eventually slowly just put the phone down me. <laughs> so I decided to have a go the next night and um, yeah, I had to do a lot of googling. I remember one guy's telling me he, he was into water sports. And I told him, yeah, I'd done a lot of jet skiing. And uh, and he said, uh, are you being funny? And, and so I had to ask my daughter, what, what have I done wrong? So I really was uh, a bit of an innocent. <laughs> wow! So which... I, did, I did a lot of Googling and I bought a couple of books. Yeah. And I kind of uh, went from there, really
1: gosh so by the end of the of the i don't i'm assuming you don't do the phone stuff anymore because you've moved on
7: no 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 i don't do that anymore
1: but by the end you know i imagine you had quite a polished bit of patter going on did you find you were doing the same kind of conversation every time or did you change Uh, it up no actually no i wasn't it was it was quite interesting i i
7: I would write a, lo- a lot of them down because a lot of them were so hilarious. <laughs> Hence the blog, because it, um, and, and the bl- a lot of the blog I've put into my book as well. So the book is a kind of about, it starts off as, as the phone sex thing. Yeah. And then it, it kind of goes on to the the dominatrix. And now I'm doing a documentary for Channel 5. So, so I'm also including that as, as the last part of the book.
1: My God, Sherry, look where your life has taken you without you yeah, aiming it, it was, that way. All from the age of 60. God. <laughs> Do you ever think what your yourself 10 years ago would think about what you're doing now? I would... I never believe
7: it in a million years. If you saw pictures of me when I was married, I was a dowdy-mouthy thing because um, I was down to him. He was was a bully. He wasn't physically a bully, but he was mentally a bully. And so I I kind of... um, uh, I had no say. I had no confidence. And I'm totally different now. I don't need a man in my life. If I have a man in my life, it's because I want one. Um, I'm happy single.
1: Gosh. Um, so, uh, it, actually, it's a th- mercy he went he, and he called it in the end.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think one of the things that I found, uh, one of the really good things that's come out of it is um, I went on first dates twice. And I knew I, I recognised getting- you from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, seen started, that. You were I awesome started, on there. Uh, yeah, I started getting a lot of emails, but from females. And I got a lot of emails from females who were in my my. Situations who'd been dumped at the age of kind of coming on to 60 and were terrified as I was because I was it, it, you know I was in a state I mm. there's no getting away from it I was we were actually talking about it earlier and my son said he actually thought I was going to die and because I I went right down to uh, just under 60 well seven stone about six nine oh, stone and it was my daughter that brought it to me and she she actually did say it in words i think you're going to die and um and so i put, i kind of picked myself up and thought how oh, i'd been selfish i've got kids they hadn't you know all i was thinking about was my own grief mm. and
1: um i it, i never looked back it would have been totally so. forgivable of you to just you know disappear wouldn't it but but something must have yeah but i
7: i i think had i been uh, just on my own yeah. i do well i wouldn't like to think what i'd do yeah. but i had family and so i decided you know i'm going to reinvent myself and so all these emails i i've been getting have been people in the same situation ladies who have been left and think my life's over what am i going to do and so i've I've tried to answer every one of them. Uh, There are quite a few new doms out there, actually. But there are also people out there who've got more confidence now because I've said to them, um, you know, you don't need a man. You you are, in your own right, a beautiful person. We all have beauty inside us, uh, inside and out in some way. Mm -hmm. And uh, get on with your life. Don't rely on a man. Just be happy and do what you want to do.
1: Doing what you do now, do you think it's helped you in some way kind of uh, redress the balance after all those years of feeling like you weren't in control of your life? You said, you, you know, you used the word that your husband was a bully. Well, now yeah. you're the one with all the power and actually the men, your clients, want that. That's do what they is. want from you. Yeah,
7: yeah I, um, I I think it's it's empowered me so that now... Nobody would ever, ever treat me the way he treated me. Um, uh, if I have a man in this house and he's come to session with me, he belongs to me, he does as he's told, he, they're usually terrified of me, and rightly so. And it's half that's half the um, kind of enthrallment to them, really. Yeah. The fact that um, uh, 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 most of them have high powered jobs, and I mean really high powered jobs. They come in here and they want to just. Give over the reins to me and have me take control, and they do as I tell them.
1: Yeah, and they but they know it's a safe environment, and there are going to be no they repercussions, do. right?
7: Absolutely, they they trust me one
1: hundred percent. They know that nothing will go any
7: further, um, and and I. I tend to, I do ask for their kinks. I have a couple of um, lifestyles that come here and do as they're told, and they don't pay any tribute. They are just there when I need them. But when they come to sessions, I do kind of will say, "Well, give me your kinks," because and I and although um, some would say it's topping from the bottom, it it's there's no point in my doing something that I just want to do because they won't come back. So it's got to be something they're interested in. So it's either CBT or dressing as a a sissy maid, um, being used as a footstool, whatever, or a puppy or whatever... i want to do with them that i know is acceptable and a lot of them they just want to make me happy and as long as i'm happy they're happy
1: wonderful and your house will be spotless i imagine
7: and my house is spotless uh, and also like punishment i i am a sadist which i didn't realize until later life so uh, my favorite things i love to use my cane I love CBT. Any kind of corporal punishment, and as long as they have indicated that's what they're into, then that's what I'll do. But if they're
1: not, then I won't do it. When you're doing these things and you're going kind of doing the role of—is it Mistress Sophia?
7: It's Mistress Sophia with an S, not a P. H. Right?
1: Are, are you are you are you completely immersed in it, or are you thinking about um, what you're going to make for dinner and stuff? You know?
7: Oh my God! No, no, no! It is. I am the fear um uh, it's I love role play and so if I get a naughty schoolboy who wants a role play I love doing it and we'll do the whole i'm a headmistress I have a mortar and a gown and I'll put that on and then we do we go through he'll do lines I'll put him in the corner um and then eventually it, it will culminate in a good uh, caning um on the other side of it, the BDSM. Then they'll come in. I'll be dressed in leather or whatever, you know, high boots, whatever. And that uh, we do different things. Uh, foot worship. They lick my boots. They do whatever I want them to do.
1: I'm you, in charge. You've become hugely unshockable as well as what I'm hearing from your voice. Of course. Yeah. Aren't, yes. it, aren't human beings funny what they're into yes yes um i've learned a
7: lot since i've been well i mean i was very by very naive but since i've been doing this i've got stronger and stronger and i know this is my vocation <laughs> um but also i care about them so i'm quite happy to give one a damn good caning and and really hurt his bottom but but I do a lot of talking with them too. And if somebody comes in and I can see he's got his heart hurts, that's different to his bottom hurting. And I'm quite happy to sit and talk with him. So I kind of, I'm a bit of a therapist in a way in the fact that I've, uh, I've stopped people smoking in my own way. Um, I, I, get, I punish them for different things they've done that they, they know. Uh, so I do real-time punishment, uh, judicial punishment. That will put them on the straight and narrow. I have somebody that's a, a gambler, and he's gambled all his life. And he, his gambling gets less because he comes to visit me. He gets a severe caning that puts him on the straight and narrow for a while. Goodness when me! He goes when he goes off the rails again, he comes back.
1: That's one way of getting round, isn't it? Sherry, exactly. you, you're incredible. Thank you so much for talking to us tonight. Do you, do you're you, you think you say it's a vocation? Do you think that? we've been talking a bit about destiny versus chance do you think this is what your this is what the plan was for you or do you just think you, you kind of rolled with it
7: i i think i kind of came across it by chance but now i i thank the lord i did because I can't see me doing anything else and I, I hope to be... I'm 67 now and I hope when I'm 77 I'm still wielding that cane.
1: <laughs> I hope you are too. <laughs> Where can
7: people? I hope my book's a bestseller and it's a film well, and everyone's going to love
1: it. I <laughs> want to talk to you when that comes out. And also, can we um, plug your uh, blog? Where can people Absolutely. read that?
7: Absolutely. It's Sophia's Dilemmas and, and it's with an F and it's all one word. Sophia's Dilemmas with a double M
1: wonderful thank you so much for talking to us sherry you're welcome been a real pleasure take care of yourself bye-bye bye-bye now there you go what do you say 03444991000 that's one way of getting over a breakup isn't it flipping it also i said it to her aren't people weird like what they're into what makes them feel better i'm not going to judge you if that's if that's what floats your boat but human beings Human beings, Ian always says it, if you can imagine it, someone someone gets off on it, and it, ain't that the truth? Anyway, you can talk about that if you want, We can talk about um, destiny versus chance, whatever you feel like, 03444991000, you can take the lead on this one if you like. I'm not going to give you the cane, though. No. You can also text eight seven two two two. Just put talk and your message there, and that'll cost you twenty five p per message on top of your standard network rate. Or you can tweet me uh, via at Talk Radio or at uh, Flipping Kath. Give me a, give me a ring uh, on oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Though I've got loads of te- tweets coming through. You'll um, you'll be astounded to know some people suggesting that maybe it's something I should be thinking about doing. I, do you know what? I'm never going to say never pretty sure that Sherry wouldn't have thought she would end up in this position various positions that she's been in over the last few years back 10 years ago so never say never but and for the moment I'm quite happy doing this um, and you can uh, send me your tweets through as other people have um, Sally I think is having a hard time at the moment lots of love to you Sally and uh, Mark is still contemplating giving us a ring just ring us up Mark stop shilly shallying 0344 I'd love to hear from you this is talk radio and I'm Catherine Boyle <laughs>
0: Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
1: So why are you listening to this show tonight? What's brought you to this moment? Lots of different things have conspired to bring you to that particular location, that particular point in your life. And is it chance or is it destiny that you would be there now? It's that very simple question I'm asking you tonight, Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, And of course, there is uh, no real answer to it because no one knows. Who knows? Who knows? I kind of I don't really believe in the destiny thing. But then again, I can't deny that certain things have happened. That um, moments have changed my life. You know, I found a crossroads and it was meeting a certain person at that certain point. It's taken me to where I am if I believed in God then maybe I'd think that that was a plan I can get why you'd think that I, I, I can get why that's comfortable as well to think that someone's looking out for you but I just tend to think it's it's the luck of the draw isn't it oh, 03444991000 four, hi Martin
8: hi Cathy how
1: are you I'm alright thank you
8: <laughs> I've, I've got, well, I can just say before I play my record well my attempt at my first time at ever singing a record on your radio station. Look, can I just like to Nigel from Maidstone? Mm-hmm. I was in the same situation as he was about two years ago about the bill situation. Like,
3: right.
8: my advice to Nigel is one thing, right? He's got to get on a payment plan. What right, his, uh, uh, like his energy company, right, and seven, his water company, like, and believe you me, right, there is like in those companies there is like a lot of departments who people are on low incomes, right. And I negotiated my payment plan, right. And I'll be paying it for two years now, like because I got thousands of pounds for debt myself, like, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. since then, right, you know what I mean? It's helped in two ways. I've managed to use how much energy I use plus making regular payments without the worry like, of people coming round, banging your door, sticking them bleeding yeah. meters in, like, you know what I mean? So my boss knows all is definitely that, like, you know what I mean?
1: I'll tell him when he comes on, but the thing is, yeah. with Nigel, is that I think he only takes on a certain amount of information at any one time. Fortunately, there's more than one person looking out for him, and I've got to <coughs> hope that yeah. they know what the full situation is with Nigel.
8: Well, I hope, like, you know, right, if he's got any people helping out, like, definitely, 100%, he's got to go on payment plans now with all the uh, companies, his engineer, water, blah, 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 like, because then he can work out his finances each week, like, you know what I mean? Like, I have to do, like, when I went sad situation, with Nigel, like, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, then you feel a bit more relaxed, like, and not worrying all the bloody time, like, you know what I mean? Nothing
1: worse. Nothing worse, especially at this time of the night.
8: Exactly, (laughs) like, anyway, I'm going to try and sing a song, right? Okay. Uh, do you mind? Of course I don't mind. Right. It's called Gold Cobra. Wow. You heard of it. Is this is
1: this one of your own compositions, or is this... No.
8: Uh, I'm going to set up, like, the music and the background. I hope, I hope neighbors don't get upset, like... Like, no, I just says, like, in the main... But it's called Gold Cobra by Limp Biscuits. Oh,
1: I know. I've heard of Limp Biscuit.
8: Would you have a go, then? Well, I wish you would. OK, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like <laughs> this is what my men would call lads in the garage music. <laughs> yeah. Is this really happening or is something spite
6: go
1: for that martin
8: oh, i felt fantastic no,
1: I just... that's what counts thanks very much oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand well 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 let's talk to richie tolway now richie is someone we spoke to what it was about a month ago um and he was on the recommendation of our mates over at keith and the girl keith and Kemda. and richie it turns out i first met but well, i wouldn't have recognized you richie because you were up a ladder weren't you Hello, Richie. Yeah. yeah, you were changing some lights, right? So Richie, um, worked, worked with Keith and Hemda, but also, you know, he's a comic and he's a pretty successful one at that. But, uh, about a month or so ago, he decided to throw things up in the air and travel the world in a kind of, well, in a, in a rather novel kind of way. Richie, I'll let you explain exactly what, where are you now, by the way?
9: I am in Ibiza.
1: Oh, oh, right. So you start, when we spoke to you, obviously you were in the studio with us here in London and we were the first stop on this round the world trip where there is a loose plan, but actually quite a lot of it is dictated by people online. Is that right?
9: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, Yeah, I was, I mean, I had a loose plan that I was going to go through the UK a bit, which I made the mistake of calling the southern part of Ireland the UK and I did get some flack for that. (laughs) But I, uh, yeah, I was in, uh, southern, I was in Cork in Ireland, and I was getting ready to go up to Belfast and into Scotland, and I had seen so much green and gray that I canceled the last half of Ireland and just went to Barcelona. right because I needed to change it up:
1: <laughs> So and, and how long did you stay in Barcelona?
9: Uh, I was in Barcelona for a week and then I put it up, uh, this is the first time I put up a big decision to the internet and I, uh, I made a little video and I said give me somewhere within 500 miles of Barcelona and uh, and, and you know vote on your favourite places and actually Tunisia was the front runner for a long time and then Ibiza swooped in at the end and, uh, and won so now I'm in Ibiza solely because people on the internet voted for it.
1: Wow, so what are you doing there?
9: Uh, I was, I, I ended up staying at a uh, pretty, it's like an old person's resort in Ibiza for three days. So it's it's like a cruise ship on land, like there's just, there's like this lame like Borat style entertainer every night who's like screaming quiz questions and making the old people dance. Uh, but. But you know, it's it's okay to have some respite occasionally. It's kinda nice to not be around crazy, uh you know, crazy partying or whatever all the time. And I wasn't gonna be at some Ibiza club trying to like hang out with Russian oligarchs' sons and whatnot anyway. So
1: So so a month in, any regrets about this this kind of task you've undertaken, or do you feel pretty good about it still?
9: Pretty, uh, almost two months. I mean I left August ninth, so I guess, you know, a month oh God, and twenty yeah. days or so. Yeah. It, i know it's kind it's, of flying by but uh no this has been great i I'm, I'm loving the you know the responses i'm getting for the videos and everything and i'm really just learning that uh i was going to go and you know trying to be like these nice round lines throughout europe uh but tomorrow i'm flying to prague and then i'm taking an overnight bus to munich to go to Oktoberfest for two days Wow! and then going back to prague and i'm just going to start zigzagging everywhere because you know, with photography and like the, the scenery of it all, it has to re-inspire me. So I have to go from like beach to cold to you know something different after that.
1: Yeah, so it needs to. I, I get it's it. So it needs to be a zigzag. I've seen some of your videos. That drone footage in the first video was the first video, wasn't it? It was incredible. That that was before your drone got pinched, isn't it?
9: Yes. Which? Uh, which? Uh, yeah. I'm trying. I don't. I'm not sure which. Uh, which video you're but yeah i do I, I generally get pretty good drone footage which one are you talking about
1: incredible no there was the one where London you see one? uh yeah i think it was i think it was it just looked amazing because you know when people say to us oh i'll be filming myself and you know it's it's a guy one guy on his own traveling from place to place you kind of expect a certain amount of homemadeness about it but it looks incredible richie
9: Thank you. Yeah, I'm really trying to make this uh, this look cinematic as much as possible. I'm, I'm trying to make some some real film happen. I just had this 11-minute video come out about Barcelona, and there's, you know, it's a good little variation. I'm trying to make it, uh, make it work for everybody. So it's not just like, you know, my home movies. I, I try to add some interesting angles and interesting uh, plot lines throughout there.
1: Okay, and how's your head doing with all this? Because I know there was a little wobble early on.
9: <laughs> a little wobble huh <laughs> uh it's, it's good um are we talking depression are
1: we talking well i guess so oh hang on you disappeared are you on okay are you on hands-free you seem to be like really far away all of a sudden
9: no, uh, no, oh, no. better, no better so. better, am I, better am i gone
1: now now you're, you're you're just as loud as we like you all the, all over again thanks for that richie so yeah okay. so, so what yeah, so the, the depression kicked in early early doors did it
9: uh, yeah, I had I had a little uh, I don't know I just had a, a few days in Liverpool where it really hit me. I mean, this is it's really tough because I guess I'm on vacation. And, I mean, people expect me to be on vacation. You know, every time I go to a city, they're like, if people are like, if I was vacationing in Ibiza for three days, this is what I would do. And it just so happens sometimes I'm like, you know what, my three days in Ibiza are going to be my normal down to earth relaxed days because mm-hmm. i don't have those ever so i can't just be in constant vacation mode and uh so that was you know it's just learning that uh to be able to take some some down days and be okay with not filming or working or producing or whatever yeah because
1: otherwise it'll drive you crazy won't it? always having to have a plan and always you know accounting for your time that is it's the highway to madness
9: I, yeah, I, I very quickly uh, turned this vacation into a job. I made this a job for myself. And so uh, just getting kind of a work-life balance. I mean, I just, you know, there are days where people are like, you're not going to go, you know, explore the lagoons of Ibiza? And I'm like, no, I'm going to, like, work out a little bit, and I'm going to eat dinner, and then I'm just going to go lay down. <laughs> like, I just need a regular human day.
1: When's the but, next uh, time? It's good. When's the next time you're going to ask the big question online and, and are you happy with the sort of responses you're getting or are you getting a lot of stuff where you think, oh, no, man, you don't get what I'm trying to achieve?
9: Um, I'm, not, I'm I was happy with the responses that I got for the most part. It was like, you know, some of them are like, oh, go to Rome, go to Prague. And at first I was like, oh, quit, you know, give me those stock. Like, of course I'll go to Rome. Eventually I'll go to Prague, but it's I'm also like two months in. So I'm like, I guess I got to start seeing some of those things. And that's why <laughs> I am going to Prague and, uh, I need mean, to start, you know, hitting some of those those bigger cities as well. But no, like the Tunisia was really interesting. I wouldn't have thought to go to Ibiza either. I had no idea, you know. I'm I'm an idiot, and I've said that on every single video I've made, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I had no idea anything about Ibiza. So being out here and and you know seeing the hippie market and just realizing that it's not like just an ecstasy riddled uh, rave island <laughs> is really great.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that you're getting a kick out of it, you know, personally as well as, as creatively because, you know, you, you've got to be able to strike a balance, haven't you?
9: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, had, I mean, I actually just uh, stopped taking my antidepressants. I know that was like part of what I was talking about and everything and yeah. uh, like told some of my friends. But really, it was like I was reaching the end of my medicines and it was like I could have someone pick up my one refill I had left and try to like, you know, ship it express yeah. internationally and pay a ton of money. And it would only delay my problem by 30 days. Yeah. And uh, so I'm actually trying to tackle it without meds at this point and just kind of seeing how it goes. Yeah.
1: And how, how's it going at the moment?
9: Cause it- it's going well. And I, I made a little video about it. Uh, you know, I'm, at this point, I'm making a lot of things that don't end up even hitting the internet, but I made a video where I was talking about it and I, You know, six or seven months ago when I started taking antidepressants, I was in a very different place. I was in a bad relationship and I was doing drugs and drinking and just in in a really bad place in life. And I've gotten rid of all of of those things and I've really transformed my life. So I kind of want to see where I stand without the drugs because I can always go back on drugs. And if I if I can really say, you know what, I'm, I'm living in paradise. I'm living my dream, traveling the world, and I'm still in these dark places, then, you know, maybe it is truly a, you know, a chemical thing that I cannot, uh, overcome on my own. And I do need a little bit of right. uh, psychiatric care. So. I get it.
1: I get it. You're trying to work out what normal feels like.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of.
1: I can't wait to see your next video, Richie.
9: Thank you. Yeah. I just had one come out, uh, a few hours ago and, uh, I'll have some more coming out in the next couple of days.
1: Cool. Tell the listener where they can find it, please. Cause, um, it, oh, yeah. it's a real treat.
9: Yeah. So it's called unguided nations. Uh, you can go to bitly slash unguided. You can look up unguided nations on literally anything, unguided on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I post daily pictures now posting Instagram stories all the time and I have videos coming out. Uh, gen- I've been doing twice a week, two videos a week, uh, anywhere from like 15 to 20 minutes of free entertainment each week
1: cool well Richie you know you're never alone you've got our number now if you ever want to just touch base with someone I don't you're going to be going to far flung places and I guess it can be quite lonely out there but other than that I'll be keeping an eye on what you're doing with great interest it's so exciting thank you so much for talking to us tonight
9: of course yeah thanks for
1: having me I know absolute pleasure Richie Tolway there and uh I mean he does seem to be living the dream doesn't he oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand do you ever fancy doing that just chucking the whole thing in chucking the whole thing in, I mean, it sounds like bliss, doesn't it? But then, you know, life happens and you end up being, you know, someone's mother or someone's wife or partner or whatever. And it's not just about you anymore, but flipping heck, Richie Torway is, is creating some uh, some memories there for himself but it's lovely to watch 03444991000 if you want to give me a ring uh, we can talk about what we've been talking about already kind of destiny versus chance and where you've ended up in your life and where you thought you'd end up and all that stuff and whether you think things happen by accident and it's a matter of rolling with the punches or whether you think there is a great plan there and actually it's quite comforting um, give me a shout on 03444991000 you can tweet at talk radio or at flipping calf or you can text me and all you need to do is text talk and your. will Message to 87222. That'll cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate. You're listening to Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle.
0: The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio.
1: Tell you what, there's some belting conversations going on on Twitter at the moment, kind of in and around my feed, but I'd really love it. Alistair, in particular, if you'd give me a ring, 0344 499 1000. Um, some guys on the phone here, quite persistent, I'm told by my team hey, through the glass.
6: Hey, come on, some guy.
10: What
1: is this, <laughs> um, is this Phyllis Pierce?
10: Hello, love. Hello, Percy.
11: <laughs> uh, ha- hello.
1: Hello, Ian Lee. Right?
11: I'm in bed. I've got the cat on me. Uh, I've got a, bit, a little bit of a headache. You're sounding brilliant, man. I'm loving it.
1: Thank you very much. I thought the beginning of that call was, sounded like one of those sex lines we were discussing earlier on.
11: Yeah, well, I mean, um, I could, I could, I was, when I was a student, I think I applied to an ad in the back of the stage to do a gay sex line or to do a sex... Well, 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 think well. you think Sorry?
1: you did. You think you did.
11: I don't, I don't quite remember. I remember... I, I do remember answering an ad, and it was either to do like a gay sex line or to write the scripts for like heterosexual sex lines, but from a woman's point of view. It was definitely about men. Wow! It was definitely about turning men on, and I thought, well, that would be easy because I'm a man and I know what turns men on—yeah, bums. Yeah. Um, but I, it didn't. It didn't happen. Wow! Well. In the end, but I was—I would have been up for that. I could do a sex line, and the thing is, as well. Because the sex line lady, you is you, like, well, I'm just here in my panties and my boots. And you know they're not. They like, just put mute on Coronation Street.
1: <laughs> yeah, they've got the tracks like some flip-flops on. <laughs> <laughs>
11: exactly. So those, those, those are some of Britain's greatest performers. We should be handing out uh, BAFTAs to the hard-working ladies of the sex line I think industry. Right. I think you're right. I think we should. You're um, sounding good. Um, my favourite bit, of course, was that guy singing heavy metal. <laughs>
1: Apparently there was a swear that slipped through, but I think you should get extra points if you could spot the swear, because yeah. I couldn't make out any words whatsoever.
11: I enjoyed that a lot, and it wasn't weird in the slightest.
1: <laughs> I wasn't expecting that from him, I must admit. No.
11: Very <laughs> mild-mannered, but a softly-spoken gentleman, and he came out with limb biscuit
1: <laughs> I like the way you pronounce the Z there.
11: Well, it's how it's spelled. That's what they want, limb Biscuit. I just... Ten, ten minutes playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation. Oh, yeah. How's that going? But it made, it made me motion sick. <coughs> oh, so that's dear. 50 quid wasted. I've just broken the new dimmer switch that I just installed. Right. I was straightening it, and then I tightened it too much, and it cracked. Yeah. And I've just been arguing with a guy on Twitter who... Um, I, I saved a deer yesterday. I actually saved a deer's life. That's not a thing. And he had a go at me because he said, I bet you went home and had a cup of tea with milk and then he put hashtag vegan or hypocrite. <laughs> and he was having a go at me because I saved a deer but I I I'm not a vegan. So I'm guessing his his, his premise was I should have stoved the deer's head in Well it
1: sounds like anyone that is not a vegan um yeah. should just go around indiscriminately slaughtering everything that's not that's human. What
11: we do we do and I, I i um i have no problems with vegans at all i'm not one of those people that thinks they're an easy gag i've got a lot of respect for people who are that committed to because it's generally their belief that you know we should protect all animal life and i i totally respect yeah. that and i sort of agree with it and i respect their commitment I, at this stage of my life i certainly couldn't do it and i was a vegetarian for twenty-seven years but um I also know that vegans kind of look down on vegetarians because of milk and cheese and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's people like him that give vegans the, the, the terrible name, you know. Yeah, te- um, tedious
1: pricks. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean.
11: Whoa. Is this going out on the radio? Yeah. By the way, I can hear you perfectly. So all those people that carry on talking when we're talking I know, just are rude. just plain rude. Just <laughs> plain rude. <laughs> Who'd have thunk um, it? I know it's outrageous but I mean I'm enjoying it I think you're um well I'm not going to say I think you're doing a good job because it's patronizing but um I'm listening and I was listening downstairs on, on the music center and now I'm listening upstairs on my phone Aww. and um I'll probably go to switch over at midnight because I want to catch the last hour of uh, Tom Swarbrick
1: so do I actually <laughs> I hear that's when it gets tasty
11: it's good are you enjoying it
1: I am actually but you know lots of people are ringing me up which is always helpful
11: yeah, um, you don't mind me saying that you're quite nervous about this? I'm
1: not, I wasn't really nervous about it. I'm just, I'm just still not massively um, self assured about it. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is.
11: But that's because you had it battered out of you at the BBC. You yeah. know, you were treated appallingly there. And um, as a lot of people are, and I think a lot of women are in particular, but they treated you terribly and they couldn't see that you were obviously brilliant, which I sort of spotted week one it's like oh why is, why is this person who's obviously great Ah oh, man just sat here doing the news i mean just sat there doing the news headlines you know it's, it's obviously a skill in itself but um you know I, like, do anyway, you know you what go. this is the weird
1: thing i'd chosen to do that because i didn't want to produce anyone anymore because i just found it so yeah. frustrating and then you came along and uh, persuaded me to have a little go and and the rest is history guys
11: so have a little go at producing.
1: <laughs> anyway
11: verify. You're um, going to cut me off in a rude fashion. I'm
1: not going to cut you off yet, because there's someone else on the phone that I think would probably appreciate hearing from
11: you. Oh, God, it's not my wife, is
1: it? No, it isn't your wife. Hang on, hang on. Uh, let's put, Hang on, you be there, and I'll put you there. Can you both hear me? Uh, Ian, can you hear Unfortunately, me?
11: Unfortunately, yes, I can.
1: Denise, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, hi. Hello, Denise. I thought Ian might like to hear from you, too, because we were hey. thinking about you today. <laughs>
11: Denise didn't kill herself. No, I've not, no, not
1: killed myself yet. Yes.
11: <laughs> That's a victory for life. Oh, so please, love. How are you doing today?
12: Uh, not really good. Because not really keep... good? No.
11: Why?
12: Because I keep being told when you're reaching out to somebody yeah. that you want to be there who keeps confirming to you, my dad has just said it to me. Why the hell don't you just go...
11: Well, your dad said that. God
12: blimey. Yeah.
11: Okay, well, you need to cross him off the list. You know, if that's going to be the attitude, for, for you, you need to cross him off the list. For now, anyway, I would have thought. This,
12: this, when this is what, when, when I went, um, I went to um two days, well, three days ago with my mother-in-law, yeah, and he said, you really seriously need to detach yourself from your life. La- your family at the moment, because all that I'm hearing voices in my head every day, and they keep shouting to me. Oh, I want them to go away. I. About, um, you're
11: voices? Who, whose voices? Yeah, do, do you know? They tell. What?
12: No, they're just telling me to hurt myself.
11: Right. Right. You need to go and see a doctor, love. This is more than this is more than being depressed, <laughs> and this is more than just being being boozed up. You you, you need actual. This I'm can be sorted. They can fix this. Still, no, I know, and that's brilliant. But now you've got a little mental health issue that they can fix. They can generally stop the voices. Um, do you think the vo- are the voices real people to you?
12: Yeah. No. Okay. I've given up on them. I thought they were there to help me, but then seriously, not. No. Are you feeling? Are you? Are you feeling better? <laughs> I've
11: got a stinking cold and a blinding headache, but that's nothing compared <laughs> to you. Um, have you got a GP? Are you registered with a GP?
12: Yeah. Yeah. Go and
11: see him, Go and see him tomorrow, please.
12: Apparently, no. I've been waiting for him to come yes. today.
11: Yes. I mean, and honest, they've not.
12: No. They've not turned
1: up. Well, hang on a minute. What they were supposed to come and come and see you today? Yeah,
12: they were supposed to come and see me today. They were supposed I to come out and see me, me.
11: I thought you were seeing someone next Friday, next week.
12: Yeah, but
11: who was that you were seeing next there was Friday, someone next week?
12: Coming out today, they didn't come, and they've not—they've be... not turned up.
11: Right. Well, you need to go and see them tomorrow. How long have you been hearing voices for, love?
12: How long have I been hearing voices? my whole Since I was thirteen right. and I'm
11: fifty three now. Yeah. And have you spoken yeah. to, have you spoken to your doctor about this before?
12: No. No
11: because
12: oh, I I have I hid it under the carpet because I was embarrassed.
11: Oh my darling, that's forty years you've carried that around with you, isn't it?
12: My daughter My daughter was at the um M E N arena. She, she rang me. She, she she was at the MEN Arena when um, the bomb went off.
11: Right. Oh my God. She
12: she rang me.
11: Yeah. She rang
12: me just five minutes after the bomb had gone off, and yeah. she she rang me and said, "Mom, Mom, am I going to be safe? Am I going to die?" And I went, "I don't know what the hell's gone on." And so she went. Seriously, Mum, they keep saying that it's just a balloon that has exploded. She went, but I'm right. telling you, it's not. She was on the staircase. She said I could smell it. And I saw that she had to run out of the back of the building.
11: But she was all right, was she?
12: She was on Yeah, she was okay.
11: I want to focus but, on, Denise, Denise, I want to focus on the voices and the fact that you've been, you've had, how many voices, how many different people are there?
12: Uh, I don't know. They just keep shouting my name all the time.
11: And you've been carrying them around with you in your head for 40 years? Yeah.
12: They just oh, won't
11: leave me alone. It's time to let him go, isn't
1: it? Here's the thing, Denise. Your GP won't be surprised or shocked or think any the worse of you for going and telling him what's going on with you. Because I know you feel embarrassed about it, but I bet he's heard far, I far worse. Do you know you've got I'm shocking you're not shocking no 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 that's just not true denise that's not true you're a good person and you're worthy of help and people want to help you but you need to go forward and tell them that you need it and you've do you know what you've done this on you've rung up a radio station to say it you can go and see a, a GP <laughs> you're incredible yeah. you, are, you are
11: denise denise you yeah. are precious. Yeah. You are priceless, you are valuable, and you are loved. I love you, right? I love you as a human being. And it breaks my heart to hear you suffering like this. Here's the thing. The voice, right, you need to remember the voices in your head are lying. Okay, they're lying to you. So you've just got to keep whenever they start speaking, even if you say it out loud, just say you're lying, F off. I don't want nothing Is that why you drink? To shut the voices up. Yeah. Got it, right, I got it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They make sense.
11: Yeah. There's other ways to shut them up and paper There are other ways to shut them up and get rid of them. And your doctor, your doctor is the first step in that program. There are drugs you can take. There are therapies you can do. There are meditations you can do. There are lots of ways to get those voices and lock them in a box. Oh,
12: you told me to go and see that film.
11: Did you go and see it? <laughs> i have still not been seeing It all right? Oh, Denise. Well, okay. You did. I gave you two instructions. One was don't kill yourself, and two was go and see that film. You did the I most know. important one. You did hey, the most important uh, one. Two, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so can I can I ask you to do She's something down. tomorrow? So right? Start all over again. Here we go. So tomorrow, two instructions, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> go and see that film. Go and see your doctor.
11: Yeah, and tell your doctor everything you've just told us. They will not be surprised.
1: Everything. They will not be no. surprised, and you've got nothing to be ashamed of.
11: I feel ashamed. Well, I know you do. I love so It's time it to turn to, that around.
1: I've just had it confirmed.
11: Don't, don't I, listen. I get the shame. We can turn that around. You can turn that around. All you got to do now yeah. is go to sleep. That's it. Go to sleep when you've made another day. Another one to, to chalk up. What do they call yeah, it? What do they do um, in those prison films? You know, <laughs> they, they put a tally mark on the wall. Yeah. You're in prison. And we're going to get you out of prison. We are. My promise to you. You're Ta- going to have freedom. like You're going to have life beyond your wildest dreams. I promise you. I'll tell
1: you something, Denise. There'll be someone listening to this right now. Yeah. who is in has been in a similar situation to you. And who is now living life without voices without voices but the the first step is going and talking to your gp if any if that person's listening now oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand if you've got any experience of this because i get it denise when you're in it it seems like you're never going to get out of it yeah but you will i feel like there's no one there for me anymore
11: well that's not true there's us you've got us at the moment Oh, it's not much (laughs)
1: I mean, we are idiots. It's got to be said. But we are willing you on with with everything we've got. No.
11: So the whole thing about you having no one is, is now untruth. You've got two idiots on your side, right? I, I think there
1: are a few idiots listening as well from the texts and tweets I'm getting now as well.
11: Wouldn't, I wouldn't trust those guys. No, I
1: mean, they are proper Silly. idiots.
11: Denise, what are you doing for us tomorrow, please?
12: I'm supposed to be tomorrow. I was supposed to be going to Newcastle with my daughter
1: because it was my birthday present to her for to see the Arctic Monkeys. Cool. Well, listen, why don't you get your daughter to take you to the GP before you go?
11: That doesn't sound like a bad day. Go and see the Doctor than the Arctic Monkeys. That sounds all right.
1: I don't like
12: it. I don't seriously like them. Think that's my balance. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you for
11: that. Oh, the Arctic Monkeys are terrible band. I agree with you. But, but it's Daddy
12: about the Barlow's mine. Yeah. He's, 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 he's but he's not going to look at me and want to know me.
1: You say <laughs> that, Denise. He's
0: happily married.
1: He's happily married. <laughs> <laughs> but, but every...
11: he's, happily married. Oh. he's got a wife. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've just started a fire in the house. Hang on. Oh, shit. Hang on. Oh,
1: Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, really, Denise, he says two idiots. There's one major idiot and one who's slightly less of an idiot. i
11: just started. i just
12: <laughs> put my... Shut up. There was just a fire in there. I watched, I, just... I watched it. I watched him on... I watched you on I'm a Celebrity.
11: Okay, well, I'll just and you'll be pleased to know. My, I just put a handkerchief on the candle and it set alight, and there was fire everywhere for a second. I nearly yeah, died.
12: My heart went out to you on that uh-huh. program.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry, listen. Here's, here's what I noticed Wait. about you. You care Wait, a lot. i telling you, I'm bullied you. Yeah, I know, but listen, listen. You care a lot about other people, and that's great. That's a brilliant thing. But you need to spend a little bit of time care- caring about yourself for a bit. And just. I'll be fine, your daughters, everyone else is going to be fine. You just need to sort yourself out a bit, and and that starts with going to the GP and telling them. First thing, GP, dear doctor, I'm hearing voices in my head, and I have done for forty years. Can can we stop them?
1: Yeah, I've I've just had another idea. If if it won't wait till tomorrow, you could go to A and E now.
11: Yeah.
12: The last time I went to A and E, I was pushed out the door and told. I haven't got time for people like you. Wow.
11: Were you were you smearing shit on the wall?
12: <laughs> no.
11: Denise. Okay.
12: Were you drunk? No. No. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't even drunk.
11: Were I, you naked? I, no. Okay. Well, that's really. But
12: when I was put in there, and I heard her say, "Denise Jackson, thank you because to me," she's here for. Um, Medical treatment because right. she thinks she's going to die, and she and then her words were, "I do not, I've got no time for people like her."
11: I is there? I wonder if maybe sometimes the voices in your head pretend to be people that are around you. Because that's a surprising thing for a, a nurse or a doctor to say. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I couldn't I, have, I, 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 I could
11: have, I believe
12: it I barely couldn't believe it.
11: No, and I believe that that's your experience. But I wonder, because voices in the head are cunning. And I wonder if maybe that was a voice in the head doing an impression of yeah. the nurse.
1: I also think if you went in there now or as soon as you can and said, listen, I've been hearing voices since I was 13. I really need help with this. You know, they're telling me to do to harm myself
12: they've, they've, they've been shouting at me all night tonight. there you go the tell windows, them that
11: was uh, it denise if you um listen to like the radio or a bit of music does that kind of drown it out while you fall asleep yeah i
12: listen to you every night it all makes
11: right.
3: me feel good
11: all right well listen all you got to do now then is listen to cass who's brilliant and is doing a brilliant job tonight and then just yeah. try and sleep with Kath on. And then when she's finished, it's Paul Ross on at one, who's also brilliant. Really nice. Hello. You know, really nice listening for the next, what, six, seven hours you've got. Yeah. And, you, and, and to help you get to sleep. And if that drowns out the voices and gets you a good night's sleep, then bonus. Yeah.
1: And then right. you, and then tomorrow, GP, Arctic Monkeys, and then give us a ring if you want, if you're not too busy.
11: <laughs> give, us call, give us a call after the Arctic Monkeys if you can. Oh, Let's I'd love to hear it. I don't, even, I don't even like them. I I want you to really hate every
12: second of it. <laughs> I really yeah. seriously hate uh, them. You'll
11: be, with you, you'll be with your daughter, though. I bet not. I cannot listen to these. Yeah. I can't listen
1: to
12: these anymore because it's really serious. But,
1: but you do realise that's every mother's job, to tell the daughter that they're listening to crap.
11: <laughs> <laughs> so, you,
1: so you're doing the right thing.
11: Yeah. Denise? Denise? Yeah. Stay alive. yeah hopefully we'll speak to you tomorrow. If we don't speak to you tomorrow, we'll speak to you on Monday at the latest. Okay, promise? It,
12: it, yeah, if I don't. I've gone.
1: <laughs> You've not gone. We'll speak to you soon. All right, Denise.
11: Take care, love. Yeah. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. You look Thank after you. yourself bye. for us, won't you? Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for that, Ian. I, I know she wanted to speak to you, really. Uh,
11: so um you know, That's a, a poor... Uh, Poor soul. And the 30, forty years, she's had them voices in her head. Oh, no,
1: and the thing is, right? Time, time to let go. There are still people saying, "Well, oh, you should keep your um, problems to yourself and not talk about them." That's what happens. That's what happens when yeah. people are made to feel like they're ashamed of something that they've got absolutely no control over, and could happen to any one of us.
11: She's going to be all right, though. I can feel it. I've got, a, I've got a strong. I'm getting a strong Denise vibe. She's going to be. She's, we're going to be talking to her in six months, and I she's going to so. be running a florist or something.
1: I hope so. I love that giggle.
11: Yeah, she's great. She's a great human being. But um, anyway, all, right, all so right, I'll let you get on with it.
1: Yeah, please do. And stop setting fire to stuff. It's bad for oh, you. That was, that was terrible.
11: We <laughs> flamed everywhere. You're <laughs> sounding brilliant. I love you. Take care. Uh, of you tomorrow,
1: thank you. Up right. your bomb. 03444991000 if you want to give us a ring. I, I would appreciate it.
0: The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
1: 03444991000 if you want to give us a ring. Dion has, Hey, eh, Dion?
13: Yeah, good evening, Catherine, yeah?
1: Yes. Dion, yeah?
13: Yeah, I've listened to about the last sort of half hour. Good. And people phoned up with depression and things. Yeah. I do take antidepressants, but I don't really get depressed. I don't know, they just gave them me. It was just, I think it was 2003-something. Um, I kept feeling uncomfortable, you know, socialising, too many people near me and all that. Mm-hmm. And I pushed it and that, and I got diagnosed I was agoraphobic. Wow. I didn't even know what it was.
1: That's when you don't want to go outside, isn't it?
13: It, it? It's strange. It's one of them things where it affects people in different ways. I just didn't like to go out of my comfort zone.
1: Yeah. My grandma got a bit like that after my granddad died. She didn't actually want to uh, go outside of the house. We couldn't get her in the garden.
13: Um, Yeah, but it's... Just working that, they might have put it down to where they said it might have been PTSD that done it. Right. But round about the time, you just said your grandfather died, my mum died, and she was only 62.
14: Yeah, big shock.
13: It could be they, like say, the MAD, I've got a good psychiatrist, and they said it's one of them things you will never ever find out what triggers it. mm mm-hmm. But... Don't ever get depressed or not. Sometimes I took early retirement last year. I retired at 58. But maybe sometimes I would love, you know, do little things like going fishing or I don't know, even sometimes. Um, I haven't been at a pub since last year.
1: Haven't you? So you stay in?
13: I do, yes. Yeah. Keep um, myself occupied. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed in 2003.
1: 15 years, though,
13: huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sort of started hitting hard about sort of five, six, seven years later. You know, or I wouldn't even, like I said, I couldn't even go to meal, or, and I love live music, you know, in small venues.
1: Yeah, I know you do.
13: And I couldn't. Can't even go out, you know, there's too many people there.
1: What did it... F- can you remember what it felt like?
13: Yeah, very bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get out of there, I could have a panic attack. Right.
1: And that feels like, like... It feels like you're dying, doesn't it, when you're having a panic attack?
13: Oh, dear me. I've only had about two, so I avoid them. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. You know, it just... You know, it's not as if I was out socialising and I was drinking a lot. I just... You just feel very weak and you black out. And, uh, God. Quite That's a strange
1: thing. Terrifying. Terrifying.
13: It is, yeah. You know, it's, But like I say, I, I didn't even know what agoraphobia was. But, so if anyone's listening and they feel like that, um, it could be what it is, you know, and just can't pin it down. But, you know, the first thing that done to me was to give me antidepressants which I don't think they really do any good. I think they tend to give them out, like, sweeties.
1: Well, I think that for some people that works, but I I, I do wonder um, how many people are given that and then expected to go away and just get on with it and not given any directions afterwards as to how long they should be on them or whether there's anything else. I mean, did they offer you any sort of forms of therapy or counselling?
13: no. It's... I'm quite a strong-willed person, and but you know, it, it's, I don't even go to the doctors. Obviously, with the agrophobe, the last thing I want to do is go out and sit in the waiting
1: room. No, of course not.
13: Surgery because you just get uncomfortable.
1: But you can ring them, can't you? Are you? Going yeah, with, can, you won't be the only one.
13: They're, they're too busy these
1: days. No, they're not too busy. You've paid for them, Dion.
13: Yeah, I know, but unless I'm ill. I don't bother doctors or any.
1: I know what you mean. I'm a bit like that.
13: Yeah, you know. I mean, I've got to be virtually dying.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I would love it for you to be able to go out and see a band.
13: Yeah, I would. Yeah,
1: and and it could happen if you just ask the right question.
13: Yeah, you know, it. I think the last time I went to watch a band, I went to see. Um, I had to go and watch them, the Eagles. Oh. Well, Joe Walsh was gonna come with them and it was down at the you know, the O two. Yeah. But I pushed myself and went there. And God, when was that? It must have been over ten years ago or something. But I dunno, I would love, you know, I mean it's talking to a friend earlier tonight who came around. Yeah. And I love Paul Weller the jam. Old Council and that. And I thought hey, if they did a gig near me in Windsor or Slough or Made it, I think I would really push myself to go and see them.
1: But the thing is, right, Dion, if you just owned up to it to the GP, and I know you'd have to go in in person, you could just give them a ring and say, this is what's been going on, and it's been going on for 15 years.
13: Oh, they know all about it.
1: Yeah, but... but here's the thing, right, you've heard that expression the creaking gate gets the oil, right? Yeah. So you being brave and, and, and trying to work it out by yourself at home is not getting you the help that could get you to see Paul Weller?
13: I know, they they said about CMHT, the community mental health team. Yeah. That they got me an appointment with them. Yeah. But they haven't got the resources.
1: So what happened? They didn't turn up or you didn't go?
13: Well, they just said it, it you know, to do a home visit, say, once a week, once a fortnight.
1: Yeah.
13: They just haven't got the resources to how, do it.
1: How long ago was that?
13: Oh, I don't know. Um, six years ago.
1: Blimey, Dion. I know. Do you think it might be worth another crack? <laughs> After six <laughs> years, they're not going to come round, are they, on the off chance?
13: Oh, no, they, they've they been in touch in that. Yeah. You know, ask how I am. Yeah.
1: And how honest are you? I bet you tell them you're fine.
13: Well, it's just, you know, the job I did for years and years. I, I'm okay, you know. But the thing is, I'm not. No, I know. And it. I know. You know, but I'm one of them people. I don't. I don't like to bother people.
1: I know. But you
13: know, I don't wanna be a burden or anything like that. I've got a son, he's
1: okay. You know Paul Weller's getting on, don't you?
13: Yeah, I know, I watched him last night on he's um Well I'm I'm sixty in four months. Mm-hmm. I think he might be one or two years older than me.
1: Yeah. So he's not gonna like... go he's not gonna go on forever. You're gonna to have to see him soon if you're gonna see him.
13: Oh I've seen him in the past. Yeah. But I think as he's got older, he's got better.
1: Of course he has.
13: You know, and I don't know, I probably will push myself. I know you will. Yeah, but...
1: Because you're a determined sort of bloke, You can't have done the job you did without having some backbone, some steel.
13: I know, but...
1: So, you know, you've done your bit. It's about time someone did it for you.
13: Yeah, it.
1: You're not bothering anyone.
13: I've got the canal at the back of me and I, I mean, I ended up a single parent
1: and yeah.
13: and I spent some good times there with my son, you know, teaching him how to fish and all that. He's 32 now and married. See. But I would love to go and, I don't know, go for an afternoon fishing. Tell him. Oh, I don't need him to come with me.
1: No, I, but tell him anyway. It'd be nice for him to go with you, wouldn't it?
13: Yeah, he knows that... I don't know, he just knows how independent I am and he's the same and I don't know, I, would, I have tried to push myself a couple of times. It's only a ten minute walk. Yeah. And I've sort of got halfway.
1: Eight hey, halfway's better than no way.
13: I know that's it. So maybe next time I'll go the whole way and
1: you'll, so do, anyway, you'll, do feeling, you'll do it when you're ready.
13: Yeah, if anyone's feeling like that, you know, where it and they don't know what it is like I didn't. It could be that, you know, something that's happened in your life and it's triggered it, and you. I don't know, you just. You don't like too many people near you.
1: No, I get it. Yeah. Do you know what, Dion? I really appreciate you telling me this stuff, because, you know, I've heard you, your phone calls a lot over the years, and I didn't yeah. know that about you, and I appreciate you confiding yeah, in I us. Yeah, I don't.
13: I mean, I haven't really talked about You sound like you're from the North West.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, that's
13: my family are from. They're from. Well, originally, Rochdale, and the only family i got left now, my sister, she lives in Darwin near Blackburn.
1: Oh,
3: blimey.
13: I could tell where your accent is from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We moved when I was 10, but, I mean, can you imagine how I spoke before then?
13: Yeah, it's very mild. Yeah, it is
1: now. When oh, I first moved, yeah. I didn't half get the uh, mickey taken out of I me mean, when I went to school.
13: Well, I moved up there in 77 when my dad left the forces. Right. Uh, they mobbed. I moved up this little village and uh, coming from London and now uh, I knew I wasn't going to settle there. I was hmm. only 17 going on 18.
1: Hey, oh, yeah. And
13: I just couldn't stay there. <laughs> so, anyway, Catherine, thank you very much.
1: Hey, no, thank you. We'll all talk right. again, all right?
13: Good evening, yeah?
1: Yeah, you too. You take care all of yourself, right, thank Dion. You. Bye. 03444991000. Well, that's a Dion I had never heard before.
0: Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
1: Thank you so much for everyone um, who's listening, who's putting up with me tonight, but also who's been phoning in because um, you're, you're opening my eyes all the time and I really appreciate um, your candor. Dion, thanks very much for telling us what the situation is. I've had uh, loads of messages. Since that phone call from people who are in very, very similar situations and actually you've made them realise the situation they are in. Also, a really kind message um, from Steve, um, who is a therapist, who said he's happy to help Dion if you want some assistance with the agoraphobia. Steve, if you're listening, I would love to talk to you about this because it seems such a mysterious thing, but also a really common thing. I mean, Dion there talking about how he didn't recognise it in himself until you know, it got, it got to a crisis point. 03444991000. Um, if you would give me a shout, Steve, I'd really appreciate it. Simon's on the phone. Hey, Simon. Good evening, lovely lady. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, Simon. You driving tonight?
15: I am, yeah. Well, I'm pulled over at the moment, so oh. yeah. All
1: right.
15: Just, uh, you know, just eavesdropping like one does.
1: Good. That's what it's all um, about.
15: Denise has prompted me to call you. Yeah. So... I wanted to um, to just say a few words, which hopefully will, well, if they have, if they if they are of any help at all, then hopefully you know that's, uh, that, that's all good. Yeah. So um, I, I mean, I've said before I, I suffer with mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, which I control, and, and to to bring back to a point be um, Dion made. My um, Sertraline is my lifeline. So, it, you know, it keeps me level and it, it you know, it, it is my my wellness um, drug, if yeah. you like. Yeah, um, I, I
1: found it interesting when Dion said, oh, I don't know if I'm depressed now. It's probably, well, you know, because you're medicated, that's why you won't be feeling like you yeah. felt before.
15: That's it. I mean, if he was to stop taking them, I bet you would feel different.
1: It would certainly feel different, yeah. Yeah. And obviously and, you wouldn't advise that without getting the right kind of uh, no. advice. And the thing is as
15: well, before I get on to what i to get on to, it, it just goes to show you, because Ian's said many times that Sertraline didn't agree with him. Mm-hmm. And yet I think they're the best thing since sliced bread. So what, what, what that means basically is that we're all different. And if you are prescribed some tablets that don't agree with you, it doesn't mean that you can't be helped. Yeah. You just got to find the right ones.
1: This is this is it, and 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 that's one thing I've learned through doing this show is that you know everybody's different. Your yeah. prescription won't work for someone else, even though they may have a similar on paper kind of set of of yeah. problems. You just got to yeah. you've got to try things out, and you have just got to hope you have got the right medical professional giving you support.
15: It, it's a journey that, um, unfortunately, sometimes we have to take. Um, but it, it's exactly that. Don't, don't look to the end of the journey. If you look at how to make the, the current stretch of the journey comfortable, yeah. then you probably won't. You won't. You probably won't look for the end of the journey because you'll be quite happy with doing bumbling along, doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Tell you something though that I find frustrating and sort of terrifying though is that people are left on that prescription with no guidance as to where to go next. Right flipping egg. Mm. Dion's been in the house for 15 years see
15: I think part of part of having a mental health um, issue is as a human being we automatically seek pain free and trouble free existence Mm. and I do it myself my happy place is at work if I was to go into um, a crowded nightclub or pub or restaurant, I wouldn't like it Yeah. because it wouldn't be comfortable for me. But I know that if I'm at work, then I'm in my happy place, and that's enough. And I think largely, if you if you are in a happy place, provided it is okay with you to be there, yeah. i.e., you're not beating yourself up saying, you know, I should be doing this and I could be doing that, and why can't I and all. this. Provided you're comfortable in, in your existence, which I am, then that's all right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could kick myself and say, oh, I should be out there. I mean, we've spoken before about, about you know, how I have difficulty with meeting the opposite sex. And yeah. Things like that. Yeah. You know, and there's a big part, I mean, it beats myself up and says, oh, you know, if you were out there sitting in pubs and things, then you wouldn't be in this situation. But the point is, if I was to go and do that, I wouldn't be comfortable in that situation
1: well and And also that other person that you're hoping is going to you know accept you for you would not be meeting you the you that you're comfortable with
15: exactly exactly so i'd rather meet somebody on my turn if if you like um and if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but 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 my my main point being with that is you know if if dion wants to go and see a band that much or go fishing that much he will because the the, the tablets will help him um through that process whether he whether he's some conscious whether he consciously knows that or not the tablets will kick in and start doing their job um but if he's happy just to
1: sit at home then that's fine as well you know do you know what i think from the conversation we had and dion if you're still listening forgive us for for talking about you but you it's just such an interesting conversation um there is a part of him that knows it's not, it, it, it's not exactly how he wants to live his life, and I have to yeah. believe that at some point he'll go right. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself a little push. He talks about it. He's given himself little pushes in the past. He's yeah. made it, you know, down the road a bit. I mean, that's a victory. That is a huge victory yeah. for someone yeah. who's not been outdoors for ages. He's got well,
15: there's, it. There's two, He's, th- there's two things I'd like to to, to, to say to Dion. <laughs> One is I apologise for pulling his leg last night. I don't suppose he even knows it was me. No, he doesn't. I
1: think he still no. thought it was Ian. <laughs> and you can understand why he would, given our previous form yeah. on this show.
15: <laughs> and number two, and this isn't a wind-up, I've had Paul Weather in the back of my cab. Shut up! Yeah, lovely bloke here. Good. I've done loads of, loads of them. Anyway, anyway, I'll get off the point. Um, Denise. Yeah. I've had the voices. Mm-hmm. Now my experience is this mine weren't um manifestations of actual audible voices but they were more dark thoughts right but more than thoughts if you see what i mean so
1: if i put this into you know explain it to me like i'm an idiot what you don't have to think like i'm an idiot i am an idiot so explain it to me me in simple terms but so they were inside your head rather than sounding like they came from outside your head
15: yeah, yeah, but they were more than just thoughts. They, uh-huh. You could you could mistake it for a voice, right? Because I I often had to stop and, and and sort of think. You know, did I actually hear that? And what it was, my uh, every time I went to my my, my negative voices, and I, I will call them voices for the, the point of this conversation. Uh, my negative voices were asking me and telling me to commit acts of violence against my family. Oh my. Now this has got to be. Out of all the experiences I've had with this mental health journey, this is the worst that it's ever been. And when you go to make a sandwich and you have a voice telling you to stab your mum, that is the most horrendous thing in the world. But I can quite easily see, through having experienced that, why you read the paper. You know, you pick up the paper and you see such-and-such such in America killed all of his family. We can't understand that he's normally such a nice boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Having actually experienced what that's like to be on the, the receiving end of that, I can see how easy it would be to to do the voices bidding.
1: Because it's so convincing.
15: Yeah. So what I'm saying is, Denise, it's, it's bullshit, mm-hmm. right? But she will know that. But here's the thing, what I did was I turned it, the, re- the, the way I dealt with it was I turned it around on the voices. So I started playing them at their own game. And I don't know whether, the, whether Denise can apply this to, to any of, of her experience, but I went and told my mum. I got her uh, on her own in a room and I said, mum, sit down, I've got something to tell you, you're not gonna like this. Now, I half expected to get kicked out of the house and and everything else. And I told her, and I said, Mum, there are voices in my head telling me to kill you. Right. And this has got to be one of the bravest things I've ever done, right? And after after she'd heard me, you know, after I'd explained it to her, she just laughed at me. She said, well, you better give me my key back then, in a joke. And once she reacted like that... It was as if I had this feeling of this, this stuff in my head dissolving away.
1: Because you grasped them up, yeah. so you weren't taking responsibility for them anymore.
15: Yeah, but yeah, but it was as if I'd beaten them because I'd done what what I wasn't supposed to do, i.e. I was supposed to do the actual act. Yeah. Rather than do that, I told the victim, the potential victim, of what was happening. And if my mum had reacted and said, get out of my house and everything else, I don't think that would have helped me. Mm. But the way she reacted helped me. So I then went to my dad and I told my dad and I said, look, I'm going to tell you what I've just told mum because it was towards him as well. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't want you to freak out, uh, but this is happening. And he said to me, basically he said to me, um, that I've known him all my life and, you know, I obviously see him as this type of person, blah, 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 blah level and everything else always does the right thing he said would it shock you to learn that when your nephew was born and we went to see him in the hospital would it shock you to learn that i had voices in my head telling me to drop him on the floor <gasps> wow and i went and i was horrified and i said well what what do you mean and he goes well he goes this is the whole point he said you you know me that i'm the least likely person to do that but this thought still went through my mind and that's because you're depressed you're analyzing everything negative and it becomes accentuated Mm -hmm. whereas with me although i was able to bat it away and say you know that's a bloody stupid thing to think the thought still was there and we must have thoughts go through our heads every single day negative thoughts bad thoughts awful thoughts but because the majority of us are are well mentally we don't focus on them and i often look at uh, I often use an analogy when it comes to my depression. Depen- it doesn't matter what area of it it is; it, it, you know, it, it's all connected. If you, if depression was a game of baseball, and you were the batsman, the well mind would have a ball bowled towards them and bat it away. But the depressed mind is constantly searching for answers. He won't bat the ball away. He'll drop the bat, grab the ball and try and pick the stitching out of it to find out what it's all about and what's going on inside. And that's, that's how I feel. It's, we're a big game of baseball. Some of us can bat the, bat the things away, the bad stuff away. So just all I want to say, Denise, when you're feeling that and you've got those thoughts, just remember the, the game of baseball, basically, and say, none of this is real. You're going to start analysing it, which yeah. is going to make it more real to you because you don't have the, the mental um, wellness to just brush it off i really think though at this point
1: because she's been carrying it around for 40 and that's powerful 40 years Mm. i think that she needs as much ammo as she can get and i think that at this point it's about and and, how on earth she's been had the strength to keep this to herself and to deal with it for 40 years i do not know
15: but but she said something that i really related to i.e when she has these thoughts she's like so she put it as embarrassed yeah she's embarrassed to tell anybody shamed yeah with me it wasn't so much embarrassment it was um worrying about because the thoughts i was having were so disgusting yeah it was it was the thought of of losing by by speaking out about it and she might find that it's once she takes that plunge and actually opens that valve which is what I think it probably is, because it's pressure yeah. building up mentally, once that valve is opened and those words come out of her mouth, she might even find that they disappear or they start to lessen. I think certainly... someone
1: else knows. Yeah, I think certainly it 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 would it can only take the power out of it a bit. I mean, the way she's dealing with it at the moment isn't working, so why not have a go? And, and I think yeah. she will. I think she will.
15: It's a battle. It's a personal battle between yourself and what's going on in your head. Yeah. And 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 if you keep it, I mean, look, your head's only so big. If you keep everything in there, um, it can, it, you know, the, the pressure's going to build and build. And ultimately, if it was physical, you'd get hell of a headache. Yeah. But it's not. It's mental. So I think you need to release the pressure by opening your mouth and letting all that crap come out and so, for someone else to to hear. Oh God, for sure. I mean, if a doctor goes, if a doctor says, "Oh, blimey." right, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get you sorted out then. That might be, like, the, the, the key that unlocks the problem. Whereas if her doctor says, and she might be worried that her doctor's going to say, right, okay, well, we need to section you, we need to do this and we need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a doctor will these days.
1: No, I think, I'm hoping that she goes and sees someone who will have the response of, right, now, what do we do with this? Because there are so many people that this happens to, yeah god knows how many people are keeping it to themselves yeah but 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 you can't sustain i mean you'd have to be you can't sustain that and you don't have to that's the main thing you don't have to and it breaks my heart that anyone in 2018 is embarrassed by themselves you wouldn't be embarrassed if you were sneezing because you had a cold this is just a symptom of something else and if you don't treat it for 40 years of course it's going to get unmanageable
15: yeah, I mean, we live in a different world now to what it was. Even, even just a few years ago, and when I first started suffering, it was still stigmatized. Yeah. But we live in a world now of, of acceptance, and you know, even the royal family are on are on the um, on the case, as it were. You know, with William and Harry, and yeah. uh, you know, if if they if they can speak openly about it, then. Certainly the rest of us can. I think it
1: makes a difference. And there are still some people, you still get idiots, usually on Twitter, who say, oh, you know, stop banging on about it. Right, this is the reason why we bang on about it, because people are suffering, and people are dying when they don't need to. This this doesn't need to be a terminal thing.
15: Someone said to me, and I, and I, I am inclined to agree with it, really, only intelligent people suffer with depression.
1: I don't know how true that is, Simon. Well... But I certainly think. But
15: they they wouldn't be idiots to get on Twitter and start
1: berating people
15: for for being poorly.
1: Well, sometimes I think some of the people on Twitter got problems on their own. Whether or not they recognise it, and you know, happy people don't carry on like that. You know.
15: Yeah, they don't. They do they? They don't realise. So they so they they spend their time putting their problems onto other people rather than asking other people to 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 help and assist.
1: You know. Simon, thank you for ringing. I appreciate it, and I'm glad you've come out the other side of that. Thank you. You're a good one. Thanks, Simon. Talk to you, later. you take care of yourself. Uh, Oliver's waiting. Hello, Oliver. Hey, Carl. Hey, how w- are you? I'm alright. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I suppose I was going to um, talk about
10: me having agoraphobia as well. Oh. Uh, but um,
1: Go on. I want to hear all about it. How long has this been going on?
10: Uh, well, actually, now I don't think I should say I've got agoraphobia because I feel like I'm a lot better, but it went on to like a a decade a decade and a half mm-hmm. of just being and being afraid to do anything really and like i think you have to like isolate how you feel about when you want to go out and do something because i feel like you, it's not as severe as like denise hearing voices but like your feelings can control you i think and just feeling that dread of going out um outside stop me from going outside and it stopped me from doing anything. Do you know I think
1: you, Do you know what triggered it?
10: Um well they they were actually saying about PDSD um like trauma in my you know, growing up. Because uh, I think like you you say your house your home is somewhere safe for you mm. and that, you know, going outside it's just so many variables that could happen when you're out there.
1: Ah, right, so. right. it's yeah. control.
10: Yeah, you've got the control of the situation when you're in your own home. It's, well, you feel like that way.
1: Yeah.
10: Um, but as soon as you step out that door, anything can happen, you know, and people are a danger because they're unknown variables as well. They could be, they could do anything to you. That's what your mind kind of creates, that outside is the danger zone or whatever.
3: Yeah.
10: And for me, I think it, I, there was a guy, there was a, a games journalist for me who, uh, he, he, he had severe anxiety, but he said to himself, do the opposite. You know, if you're scared by it, do it. And I know some people with anxiety might feel that's dangerous to do because uh, and somebody said to me that they that they didn't think that was a good situation for them because they feel like they could do something dangerous to themselves. Mm. But it really resonated with me that you know challenge if you challenge it step by step, then you overcome it. You kind of see that it's you're making up you're making up the the danger yourself.
1: So, I think. so what did you do to to break break it? I guess it was small things to begin with yeah
10: i think like just you know there was this fear of just going outside so you just go okay well today i'm just going to go to the park for five minutes i'm just going to go down the road to the shop you know you don't have to do like i'm going to roll go ride a roller coaster or something like that (laughs) go around the world on your own yeah but yeah I, i you know to build myself i do like uh you, like live streams like you and Ian do like on that's um, all your your way out thing.
1: oh god except yours works <laughs> <laughs> and you can control your little man I'm rubbish at those games yeah, yeah. but you know
10: because <laughs> um, for me that was a that was a challenge but it was also a safe space because no one could like they can say mean things to you on the internet which they will do yeah of course they will they love it But yeah yeah they yeah but you know you're still in a safe place so you can challenge yourself to talk to people and just to say hey i'm here i'm speaking because that that was a huge thing for me for a while like i couldn't speak to anybody i was just silent for so, so long
1: my god so you you would be in the house by yourself and not speak yeah. to anyone what all and day like,
10: yeah, well I, you know, I was lucky to find my wife on the internet. <laughs> but before her, yeah, even then it was just like to myself, no talking, watch telly and you know, I felt a bit dead inside because you're not really alive really, are you? Because well, it's all your interactions and things like that.
1: You're just functioning. Is what it sounds like? Yeah.
10: Yeah, you're eating, sleeping, and then you're not really having any life.
1: Yeah, it's like living on standby.
10: So, yeah. h- how
1: did you meet your wife?
10: Uh, well, yeah, the first thing I did, because the whole thing about this is that it, it can loop around. It you can fall back to the same thing. Because I had, I, I was so I got ill one time, so ill, and I don't know what happened to me, but I just, I just lost everything about myself I mean I got sick mm-hmm. and then my parents said oh we found this thing called the Prince's Trust that you could do volunteering I was quite younger then so I did volunteering and because I was so ill I just I I just said you know what I'll just do it and I'll, I'll do my best and I I, I became like a, a, a youth worker for a while.
12: Blimey!
10: Yeah and I was doing all these insane things like we'd I was like teaching classes of how to do a (laughs) CV. I was there. I was like uh, taking them to like New Forest to do like team building exercises. So
1: basically, you'd got to the place where you didn't give a toss about you didn't give a toss about anything anymore. So yeah, you you, you've just um, you had no fear.
10: Yeah. So I met wife online on what was it, Face Party it was called back then.
1: My God, that sounds dodgy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't tab that in now.
10: (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, so we got together. And then because that was just volunteering, I didn't get into work. So it kind of fell back into that old thing of I had no work, I had nothing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of closed in again. And I didn't really know how to get out of it at all. And so the whole loop started again of being afraid to go out, afraid to meet people.
1: Yeah, because it sounds like it's um, as comforting as it is isolating.
10: Yeah, yeah. Because you know that pattern. Yeah, and I think the thing for me now is just to to recognise it and just know that you can get back to being out and outgoing. Yeah. Even though there's that fear that oh it might collapse again, but I think but you know you've yeah, been I,
1: there and you've done it before. Yeah, I think that I you
10: know I haven't used um, doctors or anything like that too much, but I did. There was times in my life when I did have that kind of like support of counselling, yeah. and that that does help. That does like go oh wait I can identify that I am flipping back, I am going back, and I think it is, like you said it is important to get those links. Yeah, to see okay. doctor.
1: But it's no own, it's owning up in the first place, and I think yeah. that the, the stigma that still exists, and it's not as bad as it was, but yeah. let's not pretend it's gone, means that there are a lot of people, and a lot of men, let's be honest, you think, yeah. oh, I can deal with this on my own, how hard can it be? Well, you know, 15 years down the line, you're still dealing with it, how's that working for you?
10: Yeah, and I think you can just feel maybe worthless yourself, that you deserve it, uh-huh. but I don't think nobody deserves it at all. No. Nobody should feel that way. No. But it yeah. sounds like
1: you, you know, you were lucky enough that you had enough people around you to make you feel like you were worth another, another go.
10: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Can I talk about another thing? I know it might be rude, actually.
1: Oh, well, I hope it is. Go on.
10: Oh, I just, Rainbow George, it's just that script thing just really winds me up.
1: I know what you mean. Because, because it's very it... one track. But at the same time, well, this is someone who's absolutely bloody convinced. But it's just like, what
10: about the scripts of people who had died from cancer? I had to, I had to look after my um, my wife's father. Yeah. And he died from cancer. Yeah. And what, what a terrible... Why do I want a God who has scripted that?
1: I must admit...
10: people suffering.
1: I must admit, that's one of the major things that made me lose any remnants of, you know... I was brought up in, you know, a kind of Church of England family, which meant yeah, that you were polite too, to each yeah. other and you ate quiche now and again um, and, and, and the general rules were d- don't be a dick um, yeah. and you'll probably be alright God will understand um, and I always kind of growing up uh, I wanted to be a nun at one point actually but then I realised it's because I watched the nun story and actually wanted to be Audrey Hepburn <laughs> and it wasn't going to work out like that um, but uh, any kind of sense of there being um, someone looking out for you or a plan or justice yeah. kind of went not even kind of went went completely when my mother-in-law died yeah because how can that be right how can that be right you know you only have to watch what happens to someone and it's happened again with my grandma recently right she lived to 94 all of a sudden she gets cancer with my gran it was the the strangest transition she must have had it for a while same as my actually thinking about it same happened with my mother-in-law they've had it for a while it just hadn't been diagnosed I'd been mm-hmm. complaining about bad backs and stuff to yeah. and from the doctors well of course with my mother-in-law she had quite a lot of health complaints so I do kind of wonder whether seeing the same doctor all the time he just thought oh here she is again I'm not going to take it as seriously it was a locum in the end that diagnosed her and sent her to see a specialist um, and with my grandma because she was old you know oh, another old lady with complaining about her back mm-hmm.
3: um,
1: and then as soon as they got the diagnosis, it was like they'd been given permission to give up. That's yeah. not fair because it sound, but I think this thing about, you know, fighting cancer, they were just beat. They were beat. And, yeah. and, um, anyone who sees that and how, and how it takes someone, um, from the soul out, you know, that goes first. The light in their eyes went and then, um, and to go the way they did. Oh,
7: yeah.
10: I can't
1: believe there's anything benevolent around that.
10: Well, it's terrible. Like the per- my wife's father, he uh, he had back issues as well for ages, and then they found it was like everywhere. Yeah, and it was he really fought and he was really strong about it, but it, yeah, it just totally destroys a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's luck
1: in the end, isn't it? All this, st- and I've got a friend at the moment who's been having treatment for cancer, and we've had the same conversation. She said, "I'm sick of people telling me how brave I am and stuff. I don't want to yeah. be brave. I want to be cured." And um, and I know it's all about luck and how fast you catch it and whether you've got the right right drugs at the right time for the right thing, you know.
10: Yeah, it's just. I just just. Why why would any you know loving God do that to anybody? And just, just it's just sick. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't know, I just hate. I hate this. Oh, it's you know. there's Oh, it's that happened for a reason, or you uh, know, oh, everything's got a path for you, or something like that. It's like, well, what happened to my bloody cousin? He died <laughs> when he was thirty. Yeah. What was it?
1: I had a, f- l- a friend of mine lost a child, and were told by someone in their church that it's because the child was a teaching soul, and they weren't supposed to live for very long, and it was all yeah. about the impact they have on the people around him yeah oh oh great (laughs) thanks a bunch for that guys i mean if it it helps you then that's fine but i just i know yeah it's it just seems very
10: self-fulfilling and not to everybody else around you i think yeah that's just my thing i know it's but i I do george seems like a nice person i do
1: kind of miss the magic of it though do you know what i mean
10: yeah 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 i know like oh you know i'll be rewarded and we'll see all my family in heaven and all that thing and like yeah like i'm cared for for my yeah. god up there upstairs but it's yeah. and I, do like
1: f- you do, I do feel yeah. less looked after
10: yeah yeah it is a little more scary and dark but you know yeah true
1: <laughs> <laughs> we think we may yeah, not yeah. We, okay, n- yeah, yeah. we may not have the last laugh
10: <laughs> yeah true i well, hope but, i'm
1: proved wrong i really do yeah, yeah. And and uh, he or she has a sense of humour. They must have flipping it. They created us. What a bunch yeah. of daft sods we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Taking you back to that call earlier on. People going to see uh, Mistress Sophia for a smack bomb. Flipping it. <laughs>
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know
1: that's what does it for you. Fair play. Not hurting yeah, anyone well, else, but yeah.
10: yourself we're I mean, shame there's things out well there for everybody to be successful. exactly if you find someone that can help
1: you fulfill it go for it man yeah
10: yeah as long as you're not hurting anybody else no
1: exactly but you know
10: yeah well unless you want to get hurt i don't know exactly
1: well exactly <laughs> exactly if it's all consensual and everyone's in on the uh yeah. in on the act then that's fine
10: yeah yeah well thank you Kath.
1: <laughs> you're welcome would you like 50 lashes before you go
10: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <please. laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Thanks for calling. You take care of yourself. Yeah, you Bye, part. Oliver. Bye. 03444991000. If you want to have a chat, or I can maybe give you six of the best.
0: Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
1: Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand if you want to give me a ring. Sally has, and I'm glad. Sally, looks like you're having a hard time at the moment, love. Oh, God, don't.
12: Yeah, the last the last two days I've just non-stop crying and, oh, just, it's been horrible. And I'm going to try and not cry. Cool.
1: Well, um. we can talk about <laughs> it. We can not talk about it. It's up to you, you know. Oh, I, I, I well...
12: Yeah, I listened to Angela's call and related to that and then Dion's call and related Mm to that and talking about destiny and and all that and, you know, everybody seems to be sharing so I thought I might phone up and share a bit. Go for it. Um, Yeah, um, I've probably had depression since a very early age, probably since I could... before I could probably spell it, um, which I've had... Well, up until now, too, Um, I've tried to kill myself a number of times. I haven't since having children, and that sort of put a stop to that thought. Um, But yeah, Angela saying that it's like a non-stop, continuous beating down all the time. I get it. Um, Yeah, and and then Dion phoning about agoraphobia and, you know, I, I've been on and off agoraphobic for about 13 years. Um, I think it's probably started when I was in a relationship, in a in a domestically violent relationship. Right. Um, he would lock me in the house and I just got used to it, you know, and, and then then I the beating started and then it was a choice of I didn't want to go out because... You know, I didn't want people to see me... Oh, honey. ...looking a certain way. Um, and then, like, five years ago, when I took my dad to court for what he'd done to me as a kid, um, it started again. Mm. But the problem was is that the house that I was living in and am still living in is the house where the abuse took place. Right. So it's like being stuck... In the house that you really don't want to be in, I get it. I get it. And not going into certain rooms, and um, and I, I, I don't, And then, then it comes with the other things. You know, you're not going out for, you're not, you're missing out on your kids' plays and going on holiday and doing things with them, and then come putting on the weight and feeling crap about yourself and then and, you really don't want to go out yeah and then you really don't want to go out because you think that people are looking at you because you know if you haven't seen someone in a while and you know i think people's people have a certain idea about it's like blowing my trumpet but people have a certain idea about me because i come across quite confident on twitter and yeah. i get a lot of compliments I, I, that sounds really bad you no, know men you know, you're know. sending you know saying things
1: and things like that and and i uh, well you know why that is because you you you're a beautiful open-hearted person and and it comes across it comes across you know that because that's all we've got on twitter you've yeah it's but also there's an element of you can be you want to be can't you but yeah but you come across really well on twitter because you're kind of no nonsense fun all those (laughs) things that that you really are you know yeah yeah and you don't have to deal with the other stuff you don't have to make excuses for not going out no
12: no but you know, you go. You know, if I was to say that you know to people who are listening that you know there was a period of my life, a period of my life, probably it stopped about a year ago. That you know, I, I wasn't. You know, I would go for a week without brushing my hair, or you know, I'd, I'd sit around in my pajamas all day and yeah. Because what's the point know, in getting dressed? Yeah, and not putting makeup on, or you know, which was not like me. That's not like me at all. Yeah, and then. I met someone <laughs> and um yeah it was it was kind of it felt like it was destined kind of like so this is like the destiny thing as a subject and um he changed me just within a week of of meeting him I say meeting him online he sort of changed me and I just became completely different and my confidence went up and I started, you know, getting up and getting dressed and putting makeup on and being happy and mm. doing my nails and that and things got serious and and um, he was desperate for me to you know, to meet up with him but I was agoraphobic and I, you know, trying to explain and, and that but I don't think he got it and Yeah. Yesterday it came to to a head, and he's gone. Right. And I'm just really, really sort of worried that that's it. I'm going to dip back down now. And
1: oh, Sally. uh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you know, you say he changed you. Yeah. Sounds like he woke you up again. Yeah, he did. But that's not changed. That he just made you feel like it was okay to be you. Yeah. But you know it is, right? Yeah, I know. I know. I just... I, and... Just
12: the excitement of meeting someone. Yeah. And... And that and...
1: Yeah, and you've had a really shitty time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you deserved a laugh and for someone to make you yeah. feel special.
12: Yeah. And, you know, I had all these pans in my head and, you know, and and that. But I just could not get through that front door to get on a plane. Yeah. Oh is that what it was? Well there was there was that and then there was there was the again this certain idea that people have of me they see my face but they don't see the rest of me.
3: Yeah.
12: Um and and it doesn't match the 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 body doesn't match the face. I know that sounds really sort of Well you're aware of that myself.
1: Yeah. You're aware of that. I don't uh, think he wasn't. Yeah, don't know <laughs> what else? The, the people, people won't see you the way you see yourself. Yeah, I know.
12: Yeah, I mean, he always said it didn't. It, you know, it would never have bothered him or anything like that. But I, I, I actually think it probably would have done. And I was too scared to take that leap of faith. So, did you ever meet him in person then? No, <laughs> I was so desperate. I kept saying to him, like, "You've got to come here. You've got to, you know, I want you to come here."
3: Yeah.
12: You know, because then it's out of my hands. I've got no choice. He's got on a plane, he's come to see me, and I have to open that front door. Yeah. And, you know, and and hopefully my life, you know, that you know this happiness will begin and, and that, but he, he would never... He just didn't do it, and I don't... Do you think you've I got the know. full picture, though, Sally? Do you think that he... I don't know, maybe. Maybe he has now, because yeah. he might be listening, so... <laughs> I that's probably one of the reasons I've probably phoned up. Good. Um Good. But, no, yesterday I I sort of gave him an ultimatum and said, Look, you know, come here, because I, I, I just, you know... And he
1: ran, He you know, so... Right, well, he's going to have his own reasons for that, and to a certain extent, that's kind of his problem. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and also... I know, you don't know really what's going on with him. Um, I know that he's married and I'm happy.
12: Um, I would never have ever gone with a married man. That's not me. That's not the sort of thing. I didn't even know he was married until yeah. it was too late. Yeah. Um, but I I got to the point in my life where I thought, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I can't remember the last time I was happy. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be happy. And if that means... I'm going to break a mor- um, um, some moral, in- moral compass in me, then I'm going to do it because he makes me happy.
3: Right.
1: And I know, I know, I sound really bad. And no, I, no, I, I, you don't, you don't, not at all. Yeah, anyway. You don't, yeah. You don't sound bad at all. I kind of wonder whether he was a messer. Yeah, well, yeah, it's crossed my mind. And when it came down to it, that's not what he wanted. Yeah, yeah that's you know that's that's how but that's not on you no that's not on you sally no i want you to keep brushing your hair and putting your lippy on and the eyelashes oh my god don't forget the eyelashes (laughs) all right (laughs) you know you you, you're gonna find someone if that's what you want to do but most of all i I want you to be happy in, in yourself yeah but, I mean, this is what depression and asaphobia does. It, it, it affects every it, part of your life. It lies to you. It lies to you, but yeah. it also gets comfortable.
12: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't stand being in this house. You know, it took me... I couldn't bathe my children. I couldn't go into certain rooms.
3: Yeah.
12: I found out that certain things happened in certain rooms, one of which was my bedroom.
3: Christ.
12: And I, I, I couldn't sleep in there. I was sleeping on the sofa but for, for over a year. I, I just... I everything everything I could possibly put into the bedroom went into the bedroom, so it got to the point where it was just not livable anymore. Right, and and that and and so going bit- rounds, you know, I'd have my I'd have you know my relatives pick me up to take me, you know, so I'd literally have seconds to get through the door into the car, and then I was safe. I was, and to take me to their house so I could have a bath. Yeah because I, I couldn't go into the, the bathroom it was ridiculous
1: well. you know luckily i had a downstairs toilet but <laughs> you, <laughs> you say know. it's ridiculous it makes perfect sense to me and it was just crazy Every... you know, i'm 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 over that now yeah um which is incredible
12: yeah and and i've tried so hard to you know I've bought i've i've gone to buy tickets for the rabbit hole and things like that and i you know and trying to push myself to do things and
1: you know, and I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. I know you are. So, One of these yeah. days I'm going to see you and I'll be able to give you a hug.
12: Yeah.
1: I would love <laughs> Not that. Not lashes, though. Well, I won't touch your eyelashes because I know how flipping difficult they are to get on straight. I always end up looking cross-eyed in mine. <laughs> uh, and I'm always oh. really conscious of them. They sort of hit my uh, eyebrows a bit, you know. Or you know. Yeah. but oh, yeah, I'll get used to it. I, I've been wearing them for a year now and like, you get used to them. Wonderful! I can't go without my lashes now. No, absolutely. The thing is, you start getting used to your face a certain way, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, you're brilliant, Sally. Um, thank you, and you, well, I love you, and I love you. Well, thank you for um, thank you for talking to me tonight. I appreciate okay. it, and I know it's All not right. easy. I know. Okay, but I'm going to say what your night. sister would say right now, and tell you that flipping heck, he's not worth that. Yeah, I know. You know, you're yeah, you're worth ten, you're worth ten of him. Oh, you haven't seen him, though. Jesus. But have oh. you, though? He might be a Minga.
12: <laughs> no, no, we, we video-chatted and, and that, and, yeah, God
6: almighty.
1: Oh, well, look, you know, if he's not yeah. willing to make the leap for you, then sod him. I know it's you're easy like, for me to say, but honestly, Sally, you're so lovely. I, I wish you all Thank the best. Thank you. Andrew. Thank you. Take care of yourself. You too. Bye. Night, Sally. 03444991000.
0: The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know, just where the conversation will take you the- on Talk Radio.
1: Well, as for that last statement, Carol's coming up next. I think we know where that's going to go. But let's talk to Annie first. Hey, Annie. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. I don't know where the time's gone tonight, but um, I'm really grateful for all the phone calls we're getting. It's, it's kind of all the human existence has played out this evening, hasn't yeah. it? It's all been there. Yeah, and some like familiar voices, but telling me sides of their life I could never have, you know, imagined. So, you know, it's one of those moments where you think, power of radio, you know, people can say things that they can't say to their best friend. It's, it, that's it, isn't it? I think that's. It, you get similar conversations on
14: the internet and chat rooms. You, you would say stuff that you don't say yeah. when you're looking somebody in the eye. Yeah. And I think sometimes it. it Sometimes it tends to make people less honest, but sometimes it makes them much, much more honest. And I think there's a lot of that played out this evening. Yeah, definitely. How are you yeah. doing anyway? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's ridiculously late. And I've got off <laughs> up at stupid o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, and that's your fault because I've been listening. I should have gone to sleep but hour and a half again. What stupid
1: o'clock to you? Six?
14: I get, uh, well, tomorrow morning I'm up at, uh, well, I'm going to be up before six. Oh, no, Annie, no. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that is literally stupid o'clock in the morning, isn't it? It is not
4: yeah. it I mean, and come yeah, on. Yeah,
14: so I think we need to clear the M6 because I'm going to be driving very tired in the morning. And maybe shouldn't announce that out loud. No,
1: maybe not. Make sure you have a lot of coffee beforehand. <laughs>
14: Absolutely. It will be fine. There's a big... Um, one of the themes that's been going on with a lot of the calls, that there's a lot of... I'm hearing a lot of fear. Yeah. And, it, and it's
1: fear of the unknown, which I think is sometimes the biggest kind of fear. Do you know, it's funny because before I got to the, um, you know, do you believe in destiny or is it chance thing? Yeah. I, the, the place I was thinking in my head was what's stopping you? Mm. You know, just generally what is stopping you in life? I, you know, I've been in places where it was more comfortable to think that I was never going to get what I wanted to. So this would be okay. And yes. then I got to a point where I thought, ah, sod it. There are other people just having a go. Why not me? And at that point, it was really freeing. But, you know, a lot of people never get to that. And as we've been hearing, a lot of people got really complicated reasons for not being able to step out of what's become comfortable or what's become a pattern. Oh, absolutely.
14: And and especially and the the down
1: comfortable. Oh, Annie, you're breaking up. Where have you gone? Oh man, Annie was going to hit us with some proper wisdom there Let's go to Carol And if we can get Annie on before the end of the show That would be wonderful Hey Carol Carol gone and all Carol What is going on? Oh there, and, she, is, there, uh, she, is, there well, she is, there she is, there she is T- Start again Carol Because we, we f- you faded in like some sort of uh, 1970s oh, record That's crazy oh, God, I
12: just said I just wanted to say hello and hello, send Carol. in all my best wishes to everybody and I thought I'll tell you something which you won't be expecting um from me because you know me as a bit of a daft bat um Barbie's grandma and all this random things I say. But I'm actually The talking thing is a psychological illness that I have and it was brought about by neglect and abuse as a child followed by a stepfather who was abusive physically and sexually followed and then I kind of drifted. I got diagnosed with... My first mental health diagnosis was called Highly Strung. Wow. And I was given the full adult dose of tranquilizers when I was 12. And about, I changed doctors when the one that gave them to me retired. I used to go and get six months worth of, of um, a drug called Librium, which is really old. I've
1: it's, heard of that. I've heard of that.
12: Yeah, I used to get six months worth at a time. And it's how longer. old were you? Like fourteen. About thirteen, fourteen. I just used to call into the doctors and say, "Oh, have you got me tablet? And they, and this was back in the early seventies, obviously. But I, I can remember since I was twelve. I, it's easier to count the years that I've not been on tranquilizers than it is to count the years that I have because it's four and a half years since I was 12 and I'm 61 next week that I haven't had tranquilizers. I take them now, but what I wanted to talk about tonight is... I went into an abusive marriage, and I stayed there because I thought that, because of all the abuse I'd already had, I just thought that I didn't deserve any better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this was the best I'd ever get anyway, and uh, and my confidence and self-esteem wasn't even in the plus scale, it was in the minus. And my mum was so detached. She didn't want me, you see, when I was born because she had to marry a working class man right. in the end of the fifties. And that was like the ultimate shame because girls who were pregnant were sent off to a nursing home and hidden away and then the babies were taken off of them and and given up for adoption and then they kind of reappeared as if nothing had happened.
1: And that's no good for the mother's head, same as the babies. Flipping eggs, that's some burden. You both got to carry off that.
12: But with my mum, she was, she got married but she hated my father for, for the and what she did was project all her anger onto me, and that's how I got sort of wrapped in a blanket and left in the corner.
3: Oh, blimey.
12: Why I can't stop talking because it's the only way that I've ever learned to communicate. Yeah. So I don't read faces very much, very well, and also um, if I hear shouting. It's really frightening yeah. because of all, because when I was growing up, it was like World War
1: Three. Yeah, and shouting meant danger. Yeah. Well, it it did. Oh, love, I'm so sorry um, that happened to you. Well, I haven't even got to the
12: bit that, anyway, that's the background. I got married and after eight years of marriage, I was kind of persuaded and because I never wanted to have a child in case that child went through anything like the hell that I had in my life Mm. anyway I got talked into it by my husband and at the time best friend and I had the baby and I was terrified I had no idea how to be a mother all I knew was how not to be like my own mother so that was so. I was an anxious mum, and what happened in the end was that my husband was a bully, like the lady was who was talking, and he's also in a very accomplished liar. Right, and um, he persuaded my daughter, who was sixteen at the time, um, because I I kind of there was a way he used to taunt me about my depression and say that I wouldn't get custody of my daughter yeah and used it as a weapon if I tried to divorce him because he'd tell the judge I was a nutter
1: oh blimey Carol we've run out of time and I'd love to talk to you more and I don't want to cut you off Um, that's okay I was just going
12: to say that it's my daughter's 30th birthday next week yeah and I'm still not with her, and I'm like an erased parent oh, because my ex-husband has brainwashed her into believing all this. It's like a smear campaign.
1: Oh, Carol, because I'm so
12: sorry. He tried sorry. to kill me. Oh, he wanted me to be dead so that he could have everything. Carol, but she knows nothing of that.
16: Maybe as it's Paul Rossier, Carol, and your story is incredibly moving. You're an incredibly brave woman, but maybe if you know who your daughter is maybe. Next week is the time just to send a card, no explanation, no letter. I've, I've just written say, the card well, Make sure already. you post it, Carol, because that's a lovely thought yeah. to say. Love you, thinking of you. You know, we can always well, reconnect.
12: Yeah, I think I've it's important. I've a, written a note, but I want to ask my carer to read it yeah. before I send sure. it, because I might have written too much. But well, look, all I'd like to know is, will I ever see my daughter again before I die? Oh, man
1: write that note carol i've got i've got to say goodbye for now but please give us a ring and don't be embarrassed about talking because obviously better out than in well it's the first time that i've ever fessed up because i feel
12: like i was such a bad mother that
16: no may i just say you shouldn't use what you don't need to say fessed up you have nothing to confess to you have nothing to feel guilty about nothing to apologize for your heart is obviously full of love we can feel that coming out through your voice for your daughter, for your own life, for what you've been through, for the cruelty you've endured. But you're a remarkable person, and you've taken and shown, I think, remarkable courage in in phoning Kath up tonight and sharing that Absolutely.
1: story. Absolutely, I'm I'm really grateful you did that, Carol. Listen, we'll talk tomorrow. How about that? Yes, that'd be good. All All right. I can come back on tomorrow, yeah. but I don't want to hog the show and take other people's time. Well, I've got to go now, so I've got to go home. we yes, could talk. Okay. I, I'd love to talk to you tomorrow, Carol. All right. I'll phone you. Take care. Take I'll care yourself. i listening anyway. You're a good one, okay. Carol. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Flipping heck.
16: What a lovely call. A great show as ever. Get Thank well, you to everyone who rang. Get well soon, Ian Lee, but maybe not too soon. Or am I being unkind? <laughs> Terrific stuff. So I'm on from uh, 1 to 5am for the last time this week. Very quickly, we're speaking to a remarkable man in Manchester. They've got an initiative there from Mandy Burnham, their mayor to end rough sleeping by 2020. This man has got hold of a tour bus that once toured the likes of Sam Smith, uh... Mumford & Sons, David Guetta, and he's turned it into a 14-bed hostel for the homeless. It's a remarkable story.
1: Sounds amazing. Thank you, Paul Ross, and thank you to you tonight. We'll back tomorrow in some form or other. Um, take care of yourselves until then.